Hello and welcome to the Stone Butch Disco Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel. This episode is arriving a couple days later than my very strict every seven day schedule had allowed. So I'm just going to, you know, totally remain calm, especially knowing that probably none of you guys care. But uh, we are moving right now. So I promise if they're, if we're a day late, we may have a few, a few weeks of chaos as things, as moving pieces move. Um, but we're not going anywhere. I will, I will still get episodes up every week. So this one promises a lot. Um, the first half is our rumination on what butch lesbians could be spending our time on that is not worrying about our own gender identity. Um, and part one of the things that we do that is probably totally unnecessary is try to figure out um, all the different ways to analyze and reflect upon and mull over a message from a dear Patreon supporter about Butch for Butch. And we try, we literally like <laughs> discover new feelings we have about um, that phrase and like are essentially learning um, as we talk uh, how we feel about how, how much Butch itself is structured by femme in the historical record and like whether that matters in terms of how we, how we use those words um, in more diverse ways now. And like Mac being butch for butch desiring like i think other butches are hot i just haven't been in relationships with them and i'm married to a femme and i have like very strong feelings about how my butch identity was structured by a femme relationship yada yada but mac is actively butch for butch desiring has thought way more about it than i have and um has thoughts and feelings about butch for butch desire and its relation or not to butch femme when it comes to the power of the word butch to define, describe, capture, represent an experience. I'm not going to be able to put that the best way, but listening to her can provide you with her perspective uh, later later in the episode. I thought it was interesting because it made me start questioning my own biases like the entire time between when we recorded and right now. But that's the first half of the episode. And then about an hour in, uh, we switch gears and we start talking about um, the visibility and lack thereof of lesbian sex. And I think this part is pretty entertaining. But this all ends with uh, a reflection on Mac's own poetry. So Mac is a poet, like actually has an MFA, did the damn thing, and has really great work that is um, dealing with the... I don't. I wonder if she would appreciate me saying this, but like the influence of culture on butches to like make us obsessed with male masculinity and like our distance or nearness to it like we have to think about it and like i think a big part of this episode is us just saying maybe we don't have to think about that maybe we have other things to think about and maybe we spend too much fucking time in this episode thinking about stuff we don't have to think about but i hope that our ruminating is at least somewhat interesting to listen to and thought-provoking and more than that i hope that you get in touch with us at stonebridgedisco at gmail.com um to school us on what what your identity feels like um, and the power of it in the world because we are only two people with our own two identities. In the end, we're all just craving a little lesbian community. We hope that uh, trying to give time to think through the different aspects of lesbian community is not going to turn people off and it'll actually turn people on sexually or not. Probably not sexually, um, but turn people on to just the idea of like talking through words and what they mean to us. Our whole point is to talk through words and what they mean to us. It's not to, um, not to, not to shut down analysis, but to try to get it fired up. Um, so 
maybe we're succeeding, maybe we're not. If you think we're succeeding, hey, please head on over to patreon.com slash stonebutchdisco and help shape the podcast as our Patreon supporter did this week and also keep us going. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy two butches trying to figure the world out and uh, not scream about it. So I was just bopping around on the butch lesbian subreddit. Have you been there? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't really... yeah. do social media other than my little discord server basically i don't either in and fact now instagram right i i have a reddit account mostly for research purposes like and i'll dive into it i haven't done anything with that really but like to dive into the way things are being discussed and so today one of my little experiments was um i went to the butch lesbian subreddit and i did like the librarian trick of looking for strap with an asterisk after it And in quotation marks, anything that refers to straps or strapping. So I got some bra straps and stuff like that, but mostly I got results about strap-ons and the one result that was the one, like when I sorted by comments for all results that included that term, the top commented post was, do you identify as cis? And then I realized as I was like clicking around, clicking, clicking, clicking that the bulk of the energy spent by butch lesbians in the butch lesbian subreddit seems to be devoted to figuring out their own gender. Fuck that. But it's true. (laughs) Like I, and I got a whole list of here, other shit we could be worried about. I I I got a list. I got all kinds of shit we could be focused on other than that. Well, and of course I was called my, perspective was colored by the line that from Lisa Selen Davis that's been like ringing in my head for weeks since we recorded which is what if we just didn't have to worry about this so much maybe it's healthy not to think about it so hard and or I, I don't remember exactly how she said it but she was like yeah. it feels unhealthy right to have this like Lily Cooney said the same thing yeah yeah, yeah. Lily Cooney so we yeah. got to talk about Lily is this is that a other guest yeah, another guest, another fantastic guest who, by the way, like says things that are brave and is not someone who, look, I'm sure, Mac, you and I, we don't align on every single issue under the sun with Lily Cooney. We don't re- we don't align with with Lily on every single issue under the sun. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to endorse a femme lesbian writing what she writes from her own experiences. We align on the important shit, which <laughs> is that I want to hear from femmes. Yeah, exactly. Like we want lesbians turn it up. <laughs> That's, that is how I feel about this stuff. And somebody um, took issue with like, you know, and in the DMs at the Stonebush Disco Instagram, someone was like, I'm sure a very caring and thoughtful person was like I I have never thought that Stone Butch Disco was anti-trans, but here you have Lily using the phrase gender ideology. Why would you platform someone like that? But it was the com- but have the you been listening to any of the other episodes? Well, but yeah. So there's that, but also like we do define it. So yeah, not my answer is probably not. They probably didn't listen to the episode. also like again with the like so extremely compassionately reasonable. Yeah. I mean, she is so reasonable. Well, and we're trying like, (laughs) look, Lily herself, her whole profile, like her bio is like, 
please talk to me. We need dialogue. We need heterodoxy. We need like people having conversations. If I am wrong, tell me so. And she said that like three times in our episode, right? So we're all trying to deal with stuff. But I think this person who came to the DMs was upset that she had even used the phrase gender ideology or that she was questioning the prevalence of puberty blockers in, in certain situations. Like my understanding even of what Lily has said about that is not that they're like not appropriate ever. It's that we yeah. need more research, which is what- Yeah, it's exactly what you said. Saying. That's what anybody's, every, literally everybody that's saying shit about this that's like worth listening to is saying that. Just let's do some more research first. They're just saying that. They're saying like, instead of, <laughs> the way that this guy put it was like, instead of putting a pause on everybody's puberty until we figure out whether these drugs are good, let's put a pause on the drugs just for a little bit to get a good study because we don't have a single randomized controlled trial about the effects of them. And actually there was the study in Sweden. There's some like really concerning- Yeah, actually we should maybe pay attention to what Europe is doing because they almost always are doing it better than we are. <laughs> well, and they're, they devoted- um, resources to really figuring this stuff out yeah they do that you could do that in socialist <laughs> countries so crazy sweet. but but they did a study that said the opposite that like puberty blockers might increase suicidality among this specific group of kids and it's like we don't know what the effect of this is and we do know like let's we do let's all admit we all know everyone knows everyone has the data to say that Girls are presenting at gender clinics with dysphoria in massively higher numbers than boys, and that it is a social contagion. We know it. Just let let just can we just say they're that? saying it themselves. They literally are they're saying, saying it. it. They're telling us. If the, you listen to the, go back, if you don't believe us, go back and listen to the last episode because it was extremely <laughs> powerful. You could read those responses yourself. There, we linked them in the fucking show notes. We did. We did link them in the. They're show notes. saying it. I like have been. They're I saying. Don't know, I've been thinking about nothing but those. I know qualitative responses like, since i read them honestly same like mac and i found these responses on the dtrans reddit subreddit and you and i felt such a kinship with them that we were like oh fuck what we have been feeling was just our own little weird experience is actually like being replicated all over the place is actually like you know common enough to have made it a fucking subreddit which is yeah. you know that's something and it has contours that make sense. If you if you think like, oh, that's what happened there, and that's what happened to me, then of course yeah. it would be happening everywhere because that's what that's the that's how social factors like trickle down. Yeah. The shit. And so many people are citing queer theory. Yes, that's like that's the thing. There. It's like these are forty qualitative responses that all said the same fucking shit. Yeah. They all had the yeah. same notes. They hit the same highlights. Well, those are the just, sisters. Yeah, but the sisters, the D, yeah, the D trans is a little a little more varied. But not really that much, honestly. It was both. It was the same for yeah. really for both. Honestly, I think they were really. pretty similar. I think if yeah. anything, the detransitioners expressed more disdain for gender clinics, like more obviously, and there were ninety of those, or like ninety-one responses yeah. from detransitioners that all said uh, the roughly the same thing over and over. And it was a lot about social contagion. It was a lot about the internet. It was exactly what we felt like looking for, like Control F Tumblr. <laughs> For real. And Seriously. Control, control F lesbian. There were so many people talking about internalized homophobia. Anyways, yep, so like yep. if we know that that's happening, then all we're trying to do is talk about it. And I was just disheartened to have somebody be like, you should not be promoting the work of Lily Cooney writer because I don't necessarily agree with everything she says. And I'm like, neither do I. Neither do I. Good. That's yeah. the point. The point is talking. So I'm not going to criminalize talking and I'm not going to like miss an opportunity to to put some support behind 
a woman who I know has a good heart and is really smart and is doing her fucking best to figure shit out. And like, none of us should be pretending. And Lily's not none of us, you, me, Lily, anybody who's been on the podcast, Lisa Davis, we're all really humble because we don't know what the fuck is going on either. Like all of this is an attempt to understand. Yeah. All we're doing here is throwing up the fucking red flag because even like, you know, even without the qualitative responses from that survey, even without, you know, even, yeah, truly, even without those stories, just the numbers alone. Yeah. Would have to make you stop and pause. You know, you have to ask why, why would it be that it's almost twice as many girls than boys that experience you know, mm-hmm. gender dysphoria in high school. They tell you why. And then you go, why? and people who are being honest, who who still think that sex is a factual category or matters, at least in the, in the, what's the word? <laughs> matters in the distribution of power in society, right? Like yeah. those yeah. people are saying what everyone is saying, what all the teachers are saying, which is it's the girls. Something's wrong. The girls don't feel good. And they're they're deciding that they're not feeling good is a particular kind of dysphoria with a particular narrative, with a particular shoehorning situation. And the doctors are promoting that for them. And like, these aren't new, they're not new concerns. These aren't new, like, stresses. I mean, it's turned up to 12 because of the internet, but like, you know, boys have always been groping girls in class. Boys have always, you know, girls have always felt pressure of, you know, being observed by boys and men. Yeah. There's always... There's always that, like, you know, just being aware of living in a sexist society and being yes. on the bottom of the pile, but you didn't have the internet and you yeah. didn't have, you know, adults that make lots of money <laughs> presenting this option to you without you being old enough to really understand what's going on. And it's it's very clear that in the case of Jack Turban and pediatrics, there is actual corruption happening. I yeah. don't, I mean, corruption is a strong word, but... There is no better word for the fact that they allowed Turbin to publish that piece. That's absolutely insane. It dinks you dink. Yeah. It really, I would not be surprised 10 years from now, there's a paper trail, there's a whole like conspiracy uncovered. Would <laughs> not be surprised. Well, I mean, it's we can just look at the dollar. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Follow the money. Yeah. This is America, people. Follow the money. We cover the mishaps in social science of late in last episode, the one titled Girl Data. Unfucking believable. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, long story short is like, long story short. we're, this is a multivocal project. Like we're going to promote people talking and we're going to promote people who are trying to create situations where people can talk about important issues. There are not going to be questions that are just like sins to ask. Like we're not yeah. going to play that queer orthodoxy game. If, if open dialogue is what makes you right wing these days, fuck it. Like, <laughs> no, right. God damn it. Join me in the horseshoe. <laughs> the horseshoe where the left becomes the right. Seriously. Where the and yeah. where the right becomes the left. Like it happens from both directions, right. which is the crazy part. Like it doesn't, it's not just one way. Yeah. It the right starts coming back around to the left again, too, <laughs> which is wild. But yeah. Hmm. Um on the note of multivocality, actually, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, our new Patreon supporters this week. Oh yeah, I got some shout outs. Yay. Hang on, I do. Yeah, on the note of multivocality, the people who were most inclined to listen to are our Patreon supporters. Is that too no. hard? I mean, no. 
<laughs> like if you're if you're like kicking kicking you five bucks plus like right if i know that you care and you can do this via a mere thoughtful email but the feeling that you care means like it we i i want you in the group of people who are talking about the thing um we're building like a little that. community here yeah i want to build a little community um so yeah i want to thank our new patreon supporters brooke i just burped let me try again to thank our new pa Patreon supporters. Their mm. names are Brooke T. J. Queen Cordelia and Wendy Wasson. Cordelia, you mean the best character in Buffy and Angel? Uh, yeah, that one. Patreon.com slash Disco. If you're interested in what we're doing, supporting us, we could use the help. Is there a better pitch than that? No, I think that's great. That's all it is. That's the yeah. truth. It's that's like the truth. truth. Um... Yes. So this actually our Patreons just actively make the podcast better. And I do love the little messenger function. So like when you, when you hop into the exclusive inner circle of Stone Butch Disco at Patreon, you can message us and we will take what you say and take it to heart and turn it into something to talk about. More content to talk about, huh? Mm-hmm. Bonnie Raitt. Is that? Oh, fuck. Yeah. My t my hometown, not hometown. This is really my hometown, where, where I live anyway. Has a radio station that's uh, throwback country, eighties and nineties country. Nice. That's like explicitly marketed at millennials, like the country you remember growing up riding around in your daddy's truck. And I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I'm not old enough for oldie station yet, but it's amazing. You know, Sirius has one of those, and I i really loved it excellent and i'm pretty sure it was just as as baldly like you're getting old are you ready for your memories yeah and then i switched to the like classic hip-hop station it's the same shit like the, like one of the like <laughs> interstitials is like you remember being young now we're growing up it got bills and shit and i was like shut up uh, shut up shut up uh so but sometimes you learn things like how butch femme is the most revolutionary shit on the planet from Sirius XM? No, from, from growing up. From, say, us. From growing up. Oh, okay. I wanted us to be the center of that narrative. But yeah, we got to talk about that. Um. Oh, oh, oh. So speaking of which, this is, I'm, I'm not going to say which Patreon supporter sent this message, but a very thoughtful, helpful, kind Patreon supporter sent a message that um, I forwarded to Mac, which said, hi. Uh, I just finished episode 11 of the podcast. I was wondering if there were any plans to bring anybody into the podcast who's butch for butch. I found it interesting how in this episode, we position, you and you and me, Mac, positioned butch as an identity, as something that can't exist without lesbian femmes. To me, I feel butch is an energy, a way you carry yourself that places you at odds with the expectations of being a woman, not something that is dependent on anyone else. And then I read that and I was like, well, I agree with that too. I agree with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and also they were super kind and they said, I'm not meaning to criticize at all. And I love that just the softening. Thank you. Cause I'm a very fragile soul. Um, but they said. Also like critique and criticism are different, you know, come oh, at me yeah. with some critiques. Yes. Critique is welcome. Trust. Yes. Um, yes. I love learning things, yes. especially when I'm being a fucking idiot and I love the opportunity to like apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, I depend upon it essentially for my dignity. But yeah, so they said they hadn't heard that particular concept before. Like, I guess that squaring up of butch and femme as though they're like entwined or like dependent. And I think what they were saying is like, it sounded like a relationship of dependency, which I think is not what you and I meant. No, not 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 quite like that. Not like 
It's not right? like you can't be butch without your femme girlfriend. You know, you could be butch and be single. Or you can be butch and be with anybody else. But anybody, truly. I, I, yeah. I mean, so, it's you're just butch. Like, even when I fuck dudes, I'm still butch. Like, it doesn't yeah. change. <laughs> um, not that I've done that in a long time, but yeah. It's a, it's a category that I think sticks to the single person is what we're, yeah. what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cause you're like, quote, like hashtag born that way. I feel, I feel that like we talked about this once as like it's nature and nurture, but the mm-hmm. part that is nature is there. Oh yeah. Um, so like, I could have hated it. Like I could have hated watching sports and going fishing and sure being outside through you know doing boy shit like i could have hated it but i didn't i loved it so right boy in air quotes of course but you know this person said they loving it this is them continuing being nice thank you loving everything that you're doing especially how you approach things from a more academic lens it appeals to the need in me or maybe they said it appeals to the nerd in me that could be my- probably <laughs> um so let's get academic shall we i i tried like i did um write a response because I was really thinking about this. And then I was like, okay, hmm, let me, let me see. I totally agree that actual butchness as a feeling as female masculinity, or even specifically sexual female masculinity emerges naturally in a person doesn't depend at all on anything exterior, including. And it is, you know, necessarily at odds with general stereotypes of what is womanly. Yes. I mean, I totally like what they're saying about butchness and I should probably correct this. My understanding from context is that this person uses she, her pronouns and is a woman. But uh, I was using they, I think, in the sense of, because I don't know them personally, personally, like kind of the general writer they, which we all get mad at our students for saying. I just did that a bunch of times. Which they say, again, it's an energy, a way you carry yourself that places you at odds with the expectations of being a woman. I think that's true. And I think that's there's like a natural something, whether we could call that like female masculinity mm-hmm. there that gets captured by the word butch. I guess my feeling is, and I don't know whether you agree with this, Mac, but like the word butch has this historical specificity. Like we could have used another word for that natural female masculinity thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The word butch has this like historical specificity around butch femme culture and like lesbianism and the second you say that it's lesbian even if you set aside the femme part for a minute the second you say it's lesbian suddenly it's something that is not simply interior to one person exactly because you have to there has to be another woman for it to be lesbian if it's just yourself you're just you know you are just a masculine woman which is cool but it takes two to tango takes two to tango um and it and it and originally the two that it took to tango to get butch was butch and femme. Yep. Um, so that I think is why, and I know that you and I are particularly mindful about not disappearing femmes. No. Um, so I think that's why we continually like state that there is this, like, how did I say it in my message to them? I said, um, part of why I regard butch as closely related to femme conceptually is just because of its birth in the butch femme culture of the fifties, but that doesn't bring us up to the present really. I know Mac, and this was me speaking for you without telling you, I know Mac, like I do, thinks a lot about the specific ways that butch femme appears visually and culturally to steal women in quotation marks from the patriarchy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're both obsessed with its invisibility in culture, like how lesbians on TV are always presented as having similar gender presentations to one another, unlike gay men. Always. 
right? They always have butch femme, like, gay couples, gay male couples. Why can't... What the fuck? Yeah, I know. They do, though. Uh, they they have plenty of, like, feminine, masculine, gay male couples. Yeah. But I guess I'll say, you know, to respond to the, like, bring on a butch for butch. Like, I'm, I'm butch for butch. I fucking... Butches are hot as fuck. Like, mm, yeah. few things will make me fucking break my neck on the sidewalk like a really hot stud walking down the street. Break oh, my, my God. neck. <laughs> Woo! God. Uh, um yeah truly yeah. uh but it's not that's not really what we're talking about here you know it's, well and so what do we mean when we say that's not what we're talking about here exactly because i yeah, yeah so I, I like i did actually write some notes so butch for butch is is real and it's it's hot but it's not revolutionary in the way that butch femme is potently radical because it like precisely because butch femme like you sort of hinted at a second ago you know is to a man looks like female masculinity taking away air quotes you know a an otherwise desirable useful woman the femme away <laughs> from men usable you know? use I, yeah i wrote desirable first so i was like that's not exactly what i mean and then i was like slash useful because that is actually what i mean which yeah. gross but uh, you know what i mean yep. um and so in this way butch femme quite literally castrates the patriarchy because it represents sex happening without the biological male penis sex and a culture of sex that looks and feels almost a perfect match to heterosexual sex that straight men would recognize um and also contains a stability of identity around the femme desiring butchness and the butch desiring feminist that threatens heterosexuality by being its exact copy. And this is why early Judith Butler seems like practically obsessed with butch femme, although strangely, queer theory seems to have really only taken the drag queen related stuff from her work and kind of ran with that. Strange. Is that a coincidence? And dudes fucking hate that shit. They hate it. It terrifies them to no end. And, you know, Butch is a masculine female identity, which is cool and rad, and and we're gonna celebrate the the true breadth of the female experience on this podcast and in this project. Yeah, but Butch Femme calls into question the very foundation of the patriarchy. Yeah, it so it it calls into question. Yes, visually it provide it provokes. I would argue perhaps that butch for butch is equally like has the capacity to be revolutionary as an action because this is two women choosing women. it's still two women choosing each other it's one of the reasons i searched for straps on the butch lesbian reddit and i found like not nearly enough of what i had hoped which of course this is why i'm not on reddit right now because i know online spaces are not like very happy places for lesbians there was not nearly enough about strap on sex between women being this like radical thing. It was all like, like frankly, like navel gazing, but am I trans? Am I like, who am I? The wielder of the dick. Okay. Let me be real with you people. And, and this is partially in response to the multiple, I think both D trans and D sister qualitative responses that spoke specifically to being into slash fan fiction as yeah. a, you know, as a seed of their gender dysphoria. Yeah. You can think 
fucking you can you can picture yourself with a penis and yep. fucking a girl. Yep. Guess what? It doesn't mean a goddamn thing about who you are. It's just a <laughs> fantasy. Fantasies don't mean anything about who you are. You could fantasize about the nastiest shit of all time and still be a good person. It doesn't mean anything about who you are. It's just fantasy. Yeah, you don't got to do it like that. Don't like, have to just because you think it's hot doesn't mean anything really it just means you think it's hot this is how we get into really uncomfortable conference situations where there's <gasps> like plenty of normal people who go to anime conventions but there are also people at anime conventions who have taken their cues on how to be from the internet and so now they identify as an octopus because they're into tentacle porn sorry no that was hyper specific <laughs> did you really encounter someone like that um i encountered various furries who watched a lot of hentai bless their hearts and did not identify as octopuses but identified as other kinds of animals Mm. and to me it felt very adjacent furries stuff yeah but they were you know they're like 20 something they're nice people they're furries 20 something is a little old for that we're getting off topic here (laughs) i know (laughs) briefly what were we talking about what were we talking about oh i had more uh, anyway i had more polemic that i accidentally wrote earlier that you know i partially wrote in text message form but the scribbled together but you know continue continue with with the polemic men need us all women but especially i think masculine women to legitimize masculine slash male supremacy yes they want us to want to be men. They want us to want to participate. They want us to want to have a dick and to to get in all the privileges of being male. Mm-hmm. But like to reject that, to reject those things, that scares them shitless. Because to reject complicity in like the death cult of Western masculinity. <laughs> to remake masculinity in our own image it it proves that the central tenet of western death cult masculinity that men can't help but be sex crazed and domineering because masculinity is somehow like inherently violent Mm -hmm. or whatever like the boys will be boys if you wanted to say all those words in like three that's a fucking lie. That is a lie. That shit is not, those evils are not rooted in masculinity at all. Butch women prove that because we can be masculine and also like nurturing and loving and, you right. know, gentle and open and like protective and all of the like good things that come with masculinity with none of the bad shit. You know, nobody's perfect, but this is, you know, that's what we strive to be, I think. <laughs> like, that's what I strive to be. And, it's not masculinity that's inherently evil. It's the patriarchy that's inherently evil. And this is why <laughs> butch femme and just butch in general is fucking radical as shit. Because it, it, it proves a lot of things. It gives you a lot of other options that wouldn't exist otherwise. Yeah, it just kind of forces you to like work a wedge in between male masculinity and female masculinity. If you really respect masculinity if that's like a core term that is structuring all of this and we respect that that's a thing that i guess butchness kind of forces you to it forces you to disaggregate that term yeah and which means to really look at what masculinity like represents and 
And that's, so that's my thing. I think we're coming back around to the way that I position Butch relative to femme is that it, it can't conceptually exist without an opposition to femininity because masculinity can't exist or be conceived without an opposition to femininity. It's binary for a reason. It ha- you have to have both. Like go back and I don't, I don't even know if all of this made it into the podcast that <laughs> when I went on my mini astrological rant, if you, you know, think about the ways that, you know, classical uh, philosophers theorized the world, there were some essential elements at play yeah. that, that had to exist and that, you know, both took their meanings from the other and masculine feminine, the the diurnal nocturnal binary is so infused in just like everything about humanity. Because if you think about it, like the diurnal nocturnal that, that that shapes so much of how we live and what what we do I mean, and you know yeah and when you look at like like I studied visual communication for a little segment of my grad work and and like binaries like inside outside up down toward away this is how we make meaning mm-hmm. conceptual binaries are absolutely inescapable and masculinity really is wrapped up with femininity but the thing is I think this person this person definitely knows that and definitely like I also I also think this person is right that butch for butch is its own unique thing that can stand on its own. Like, why? Well, I guess the question of singularity is not so much something that I'm interested in. In like, mm-hmm. agree whether agreeing or disagreeing with. I think everything is singular. But I also think maybe what you and I are getting to is like, how have these things been structured in representation such that like yeah. we really care about butch femme because it's constitutive, it seems, of what the patriarchy fears about lesbians. Like, Truly, the, that the nailed lesbian, it. The reason that people hate butch lesbians, like, I grew up hearing that, like, you know, a, a, a butch woman couldn't get a man, so she's trying to be one. That line, the more I've thought about it, that line is structured to make it sound like she can't possibly be desirable. Um, because her being desirable is the worst possible thing. And yet she's desirable to the woman she's getting. So no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the specter of a butch is what we all grow up here. Oh yeah. Lesbian yeah, yeah. Is, but then you don't actually see them like necessarily Anywhere. as much as you hear about it because it's, it's more just a threat that like a butch is the, a wrong kind of person, but the wrongness of a butch in my experience, at least in the American South, was she was so incredibly undesirable. She couldn't get a man, so she's trying to be one. Because the actual incredibly threatening thing about a butch is that she would be desired by a feminine woman. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're right that like that, it plays out in my own memory of what was told to me about why butches need need to be, you know, hated, but also- Why butches are scary and bad. Why they're scary and bad and why you don't want to be one and why- and which all which I've always linked to why they're invisible in culture because they are, but what you do and they're see- invisible in culture because they're fucking radical. Like the the ruling, the hegemony doesn't really want to have a nice little blueprint for how to get around it. Just <laughs> right, floating right. out it's there. Quick theory moment. I'm just in the in the weeds in my own head, but it's like lesbian relationships are marked in the media at least by either a an absence of kind of a phallic 
object or a mutuality around like both using them equally or using them in like fun and surprising ways where you get the word toy coming up a lot. Like I don't really call mine a toy. Um, it would, it's almost like lesbian relationships that involve like seeing both women as very different, like starkly different in terms of their sexuality are not visible in culture. The femme's agential desire to hand the phallus to the butch lesbian, sometimes literally, is it avows a difference of a different kind. It like opens up the possibility that the the structuring of male-female relations around like fundamental differences that has undergirded heterosexuality is non-natural and that there is another way to frame difference within the sexual encounter. But anyway, I'm kicking it back to me and Mac. But we do see, so I representation wise, and I think a lot of the a lot of the disagreement between folks within the within or adjacent to, I no longer consider myself within the queer community, but certainly no. adjacent to it. A lot of the disagreement comes from people having very different goalposts. Like you and I, I think we're trying to talk about what is visible and invisible in culture and what we what we want to throw our weight behind revealing, like what we want to become. Yeah. Yeah. What we want to become more visible. Yeah. I, I mean, I do want butch for butch relationships to become more visible. Oh, hell yeah. But I also think that like, for me, the little cluster of like butch femme thing that like people just almost nobody talks about it. I mean, I know for a fact, I don't see any fucking butch femme shit anywhere. Like if I see butch stuff, it is purely in context of only butch, like just butches. Talking about being butch. Talking about being butch. That's it. Yeah, it's an invisibility of femmes, but it's also like, it's being replicated by the word femme being used by literally everyone. Like the word femme was being used all over the butch lesbian account, but I didn't see it being used in the strap-on stuff. The top two strap-on posts that I was really digging into were like about how to feel confident with it. And they were both uh, like butches who were in relationships with bi women who were feeling insecure because of their comparison to being compared to male people. You want to have, you want to hear another hot take? That's why being anonymous is great. Go for it. (laughs) If that, if that is a sticking point for you psychologically and you can't take it, maybe don't date bi girls. I'm sorry. It's nothing about them. It's about you. That's true. If it's, if it's, if it really hurts you like that, maybe think about what you're doing. Butches are better in bed. We come out on top, even without the fucking strap. That's what I'm saying. Before I even got into like strap on sex, like my ex was one of those bi girls, you know, just full disclosure, like that was, you know, used to be. And I remember, you know, in high school, whatever, being like, oh, like, I don't know. I can never really date a girl. Like, I gotta have that dick, like, da da da. And then it took what, like a month less like maybe a few sessions and like, I don't even, you don't even need the strap. Like just being able to like use your fingers appropriately. Like it'll be singing your praises. Like I didn't hear no more shit about like, Oh, I need the dick ever again. And I'm thinking like, if you're in a relationship where this keeps coming back up, then maybe she's not bi. Maybe she's not bi. Maybe you're accidentally stating a straight girl and just don't do it. Right. But I do think there is a bit, I mean, in my own experience, there seems to be a problem with the, what with the expansion of queer so that anybody can use it. There are definitely plenty of women saying that they're queer or bisexual because they're like, 
because they're aesthetically attracted to masculinity, but then like they're not prepared to be with a female body Mm. and they don't actually want it. Oh my God, dude. But like, that's kind of what I was reading into. It's so real. No, that's exactly, that's, you nailed it. I mean, that's exactly, that was exactly my experience. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've, I, and I've been there too. And for, but, and of course you take it on yourself at first. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I fucked up my whole shit. Oh, that was terrible. Yes. So how, so let me ask you, how did you get through that? Uh, therapy, um, getting (laughs) medicated, uh, starting to have sex with someone that like just was actually a lesbian and totally opened up my whole fucking world to some insane shit it's and yeah that that'll do it and then i was like i'm never doing this again there is something about lesbians and i don't i don't have i believe that bisexuality is real oh yeah like i i at times call myself bisexual even <laughs> like okay i think so. i think i am politically a lesbian and like i will always be a lesbian i'm gonna partner with a woman like i'm never gonna have a like capital r relationship with a man ever again like mm-hmm. i'm never gonna move in with a guy i'm never gonna no we're not not having biological children like that like i'm a lesbian capital l but like Little case, little, little B bisexual sexuality. Like, yeah, I'll check that box. Like, which, and so that bisexuality, I, in addition to thinking that it's like a, a natural human sexuality, that, that, that orientation is a real thing. And some people are, are bisexual. I also think there are people who use the label capital B and who do love women, but I have not personally been in relationships with what I would consider like actual bisexual women. I've been in relationships with people who use that term as their identity, but like don't seem to inhabit half yeah. of it very well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and Bush is, you just got to get out of there. I just get run, run, yeah. run, run. And so hold on back to this person. So the, the person who wrote about like, it's not dependent on lesbian femmes. You had said last week or like in last week's episode, but in our previous conversation that, your identity was revealed to you in large part through a relationship with a lesbian femme. And I should have said femme lesbian there because there's only one kind of femme in my reality and that's femme lesbians who always and forever deserve to have their own fucking word. Is that true? Yeah, so in college I dated a girl who was, you know, a femme lesbian and it was a deeply, it was a deeply emotionally abusive relationship. It was so bad. It went on for like seven years. Um, rip. Um, and, and to be then at the, again, at a women's college and having our relationship have lasted all four years, we were in college on and off tragically, you know, again, it would me getting wasted and crying in various places all around campus. Um, every time I, when I go back, I'm like, Oh, I cried there cried there had a breakdown over there um <laughs> that's what happens in the camp anyway um, that crying tour going on this tour yeah um but yeah that was that was what sort of solidified it or made me sort of you know that was the first time I really like lived the butch femme experience and it was terrible but what made your- I mean it was terrible but not for that reason <laughs> I mean I always knew I like liked girls but I didn't have like that identity until truly it was in relationship to a femme lesbian that I was like, Oh, okay. This is, this is real. This is, this is who I am. This feels right. You know? so that's how you came into being a lesbian. Like literally. 
Uh, I mean, I like again. I'd always liked girls, and I think I knew I was a lesbian. Like pretty, yeah. Young. I came as bisexual maybe when I was like fifteen. But then, of course, like the minute I was out of the house, I was like, "Let's fuck girls!" And like, <laughs> truly, the the that first night like was so transcendent of an experience. Like, I don't, I I have joked about multiple times having ptsd brain but like i remember this like pretty clearly i'm glad your brain gave me that one oh yeah my brain gave me this one and just like how natural it felt but so so this you saying so i said like that was you coming into lesbianism but not the desire Uh part but like the yeah yeah yeah. the idea yeah 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 so like you were like okay i am butch because this is femme is that kind of how that happened yeah basically like and i and by this, I'd I mean, I was dehumanize her, but like, this is the embodiment of feminist or whatever. And now I'm butch. Yeah, it was being in a, you know, in a capital B, capital F butch femme relationship that sort of like solidified it. Yeah. You know, I like was aware, was always been aware that I was like, you know, a masculine girl that liked girls. Mm-hmm. But it was it was those, you know, sort of last six months of high school, first six months of college that really close the case brought it it all home close the case yes (laughs) editorial note one of the reasons i think butch femme has become kind of a central mechanism on this podcast is because not just in my experience but it like almost accidentally i was learning that for every other butch that i was interviewing for the podcast um and i had not known anything about their butch genesis story before this but when i was talking to them we were all kind of like oh me too me too in sharing the experience of our butchness coming to us through a, re- a relation to femme lesbians, like the f- the, rela- the butch femme relationship is what solidified our identity as butches. So this is what I think I'm curious about. I would like to hear from butch for butch folks and people who identify as butch, but maybe don't have a tie to butch femme. And I, I would like to know where femmes were or were not, or maybe if they were not in your you know, so-called butch genesis story, um, how you kind of conceptualize being butch. Because for me, it really did turn, the more I think about it, on that give and take between butch and femme, which is kind of what, like, how I ended up defining myself um, and placing myself within this history and within this community. Uh, But so for other folks, please reach out to stonebushdisco at gmail.com and let me know. Were you thinking about the femme element when you came into your butch identity at all, or did it come from somewhere else? And if you want to come on the pod and talk about it, that'd be even better. So stonebutchdisco at gmail.com. Butch is an energy, a way you carry yourself, as they say, places you at odds with the expectations of being a woman. I keep having questions, you know, as I, as talking about things is productive because you end up having questions and like Mm -hmm. ping-ponging thoughts. I would wonder what makes Butch different from other forms of being at odds with the expectations of being a woman. Mm, that's a great question. Like you can be a straight woman and place yourselves at odds with the expectations of womanhood. Like, you know, having a career, being assertive, like being powerful, being strong, being, you know, all these like awesome female athletes that rule. Like there's all kinds of ways for women that women can and do place themselves at odds with like the expectations, the sexist expectations, you can fill in the blank of womanhood. 
It's not totally. just it's not value neutral expectations. It's sexist expectations of womanhood. Yeah. And, you know, women put themselves at outs with that every day. And it's not just butch lesbians. The butch lesbians do it like to a whole new level. Well, that's my and my question would is like, what is the level? Because there is the level. The level is taking away available, useful women from from men. Mac was doing air quotes there, too. I think that's the but that's then, the difference. That, where does that put Butch for Butch? Because they're right, like that that energy it does it places you at odds. Let me interview you for a second because there's something about Butch for Butch that is different in a way that like it does more than Butch Femme in the sense of like doubling over the Butchness that two women are yes seeking them seeking each other for that thing and also being aware that they can like, like there's a switchiness involved in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. What would you say is like the revolutionary radical aspect of Butch for Butch when we're talking about like the sex and sexuality part? So, I mean, I think it's actually, no, I'm, this is, this is bringing up a great point. Then I think maybe, maybe really what I'm, what I'm getting at is that they're radical in different ways maybe is okay. more is mm-hmm. is truer as one of them is is specifically like you know taking the patriarchy's lunch money and the other one is saying fuck you i'm gonna go off to this other island and you know the like old school lesbian separatist kind of jam where it's <laughs> like actually we're gonna go do our own thing over here we don't care what else is going on i like, <laughs> like that comparison yeah, yeah. But okay, which, so this is in which case they're both good and we should do both more. Yes. I feel like just as somebody who's been living a butch femme life for a while, I feel like the queer community has done a better job of supporting and holding up butch for butch couples than it has butch for femme lesbians or femme for butches, especially femme for butches actually. And specifically I see that when it comes to femmes trying to express sexual agency and place boundaries around their sexuality, they're far less permitted to do that. And I can I can give you the receipts if you want, but in in my experience, femmes are far less permitted to say what they want than butch for butch people, and I don't know why that is. I I don't like it. I don't know if that's because like butch butches are allowed to have sexual agency and femmes aren't, but whatever it is, it seems kind of fucked. And it seems like what we're missing is femme subjectivity in most queer spaces, like actual agential desiring subjectivity from femmes stating what they want and not just being like, I'm open to anything, which is what they're essentially, what I am being told they feel forced to say. Here's my thing. I feel like people leave the butch for butches who only want to be with female people alone, but they don't leave the femme for butches who want to be with female people alone. And I I have my theories about why that might be, but I think Uh. like the sameness of like butch for butch, you're like, no, I want someone like me. You're allowed to say that. Yeah. But like for femmes to be like, no, I want someone who is different from me in this way, but like not like, in that other way. But not in that other way. Like they I didn't see any of that. Right. Zero. Pause on that. I just came up with a question. No. Or my brain just produced a question, which is how do you know you're butch if it's not played off like a feminine person where you That's know- what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. How do you know? Because like I don't think I would have known. And I this is why I like want. And I asked this person who emailed us, like, please send me names. Or if you want to come on the pod, you can. They haven't answered yet. But I was like, um, I want to know answers to these questions. Like, how did you figure it out without the. Because, like, I knew I was masculine. I knew it was a tomboy. Yeah. Like, I knew yeah. I knew those things. 
like but, but butch is i knew i was boyish but like i don't i didn't i wasn't a capital b butch until i was in a relationship with a femme lesbian right and so and this is what i said at the end i said you know if we if mac and i said the words like the word butch can't exist without lesbian femmes i think what we meant was it wouldn't have been born as a concept without them it wouldn't exist without right. femmes we, and we don't want to disappear femmes. the concept like the the real historical you know we were pro historicity on this podcast well, we really are but also i don't know if you can even say that the concept so this person was definitely right that like we cannot overstate the case and say like butches can't exist without femmes of course that's not the case like you can but but basically like but that's something else like then it's then it's you know then it's historical women that dressed like men and passed as men and you know yeah, I guess had male names that yeah. did that were that that took that on because they wanted to do shit that only men could do it, it, it's like if you're saying if you're hmm if you're if you're trying to only talk about the masculinity part, then why wouldn't you say mask for mask? Yeah, that's a good question. Why? Hmm. Is it because Butch is just an aesthetic now? Because I'm kind of I do think it's important to push back against that. Now I'm getting myself all. Butch is not an not just an aesthetic. Like it is. Butch is an aesthetic, but it is not just an aesthetic. In any no, way, I shape, know. But yeah, we you know, know that that yes. I. But you know, oh, I know. Jesus. Everybody's acting like it is. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. It's, it's, you know, if you can't substitute, I don't think you can substitute mask for mask. Like those are two different things. Like, because I think, I think because like just being a mask lesbian, like you could be, but being butch, that's, that, that's different. That's, it but, implies the butch femme relationship being central to your identity. So the, I so, think. but then, but then what, but then butch femme is central to butch for butch, like for the two butches who are in a butch for butch relationship, butch femme is still central to their identity. Then no, then yeah, that would be, you know, maybe not, maybe it's, maybe it's masks or like, maybe it's just, you know, maybe the idea of raising up femmes is still central to your identity, but you're not dating a femme right now. Like, I don't know. Those, those can seem those both seem possible to me. I'm just coming right off the dome here. Yeah, me too. And I mean, I I want to make it make sense. Like, I, okay. I We're want, trying to make it make sense. Yeah, but I also, I the more that I'm talking about this out loud, the more I'm like, hold on. But Butch really, like you, you Mac, are holding on to it as a specific thing that calls up Butch Femme because it must. Because Butch emerges from that relationality if we're gonna if we're gonna hew to any sort of historical like right re any historicity at all like it's gotta be located in that because like masculine women that passes men and and fucked girls like did exist before butch femme right but like that's you know but we could talk about that as something else like it's not i don't know man i'm wondering if if butch for butch is really just mask for mask yeah i'm, I'm approaching that honestly because then that's what you're looking for in the other person truly is that like masculinity like it's not the while editing here i realized that mac didn't finish her sentence just then but i think she was talking about um how if you are seeking a butch you're looking for a specific kind of ethos that has developed within the butch femme culture and community 
around like uh it's almost like a form of caretaking masculinity that embraces its difference from feminists in the same way that like femme lesbians embrace their difference from butchness you know in many ways i think butch femme is like a realistic a realist ethic around what two very different people can provide each other like there is a kind of feminine ethos of caretaking it's caretaking is oversimplified but of kind of relation like the way that femmes handle shit and the way that butches handle shit are seen as complementary and i don't think everyone is seeking that same form of kind of complementarity in their relationship by any means many people are seeking other versions of complementarity other sharednesses um you know whatever that was a made-up word but i do think that around the labels butch and femme Mac and I do feel that there's a kind of specificity that is not merely energy or gender presentation or uh, part of the person. It's also this relationship that both the butch and the femme buy into. And those would be the things that you'd be seeking with those labels, at least in our experience of the word butch, because it, in our experience, is structured by butch femme. If what you're looking for is a masculine lesbian, I think butch is a more specific identity than masculine lesbian in general. I don't know how much my feelings about these terms should hinge on the possibility of this kind of statement, but like for me and my wife, there's a meaningful shared language of I'm her butch, she's my femme, and then my wife would say I'm her femme, she's my butch, and it's like a recognition of difference that we get to say out loud all the time. Um that feels to me like so constitutive of my butch experience that I think I might just be having a hard time wrapping my head around a butch experience that's not built up in the kind of practiced dance between masculinity and femininity in a lesbian context. Um, Whether or not like the butch or femme person is in a relationship at any given moment. But yeah, of course, at some point or at all points, these are all just words, just words, but there is something I think to be said about the specificity of butch and holding up definitions of it that the world doesn't see and definitions of femme that the world doesn't see, especially if the ones that the world doesn't see were the original definitions. Friend friend who wrote us, if you're listening, please write and tell us why we're being dumbasses about this because I'm trying to work it out in my head, but I also am, I keep circling back around to butch femme is those terms are all wrapped up in each other. And it's the same way I feel that femme can't exist without butch. And I think pretend, like, I think the word femme expanding to cover literally anything, including feminine people is such a, so disrespectful to lesbians. It's wildly ahistorical and irresponsible. It's, It's so irresponsible and it makes no sense. No. And so I feel the same way about the term femme. Um, like when, and I'll give a really concrete example. When my advisor was like, I'm a queer femme and I don't think the word lesbian matters. Like that person using that word felt that just felt like a direct, like, fuck you to the whole history of my people. And it just, what does that even mean? Really? Like, I'm trying to really like queer femme. No, I mean, just the whole, like the fact that she said that to you, like, as like advisor to advisee yeah well she doesn't she she implied that the word lesbian doesn't matter she said i had to prove that its disappearance mattered in the real world that's the direct quote fuck that (laughs) and just the fact that she saw herself like outside of that 
and then and dared also to say that. Yeah. said like i'm a queer woman because she was telling me that i was one and i kept i had to repeat myself i don't identify with that word why do you keep implying that i do and for her to do that for her to do that to use the word femme in that way specifically with the intention of erasing femme is a noun in that me. way is no femme is an adjective femme describes lesbian that's so how like... i feel and i guess that is that is kind of how we look i i thought so when i wrote this person i said um we didn't mean to define butch in any single way and in my head i was thinking we didn't mean to define butchness like masculinity as though it has to look a certain way or like be a certain way or like tr- butch is one like, aspect of female masculinity that we are yeah. highlighting they're infinite totally but butch does feel like an intensely relational thing that can't exist without femme at least in I its think genesis so. Yeah, I think so. So maybe we do actually feel that way. And I I, I unintentionally lied. It's <laughs> called learning. It's just yeah. this is this is the most Mercury and Leo for for if there's any astrologers li- listening, we both have Mercury and Leo. This is the most Mercury and Leo shit ever. It's like we have to learn out loud. We do. <laughs> you can hear it. I, that's kind of exactly what just happened. Ah. Yeah. Um but I, I can't wait until this person messages me and it's like, here's why you're dumb. All right, let's read some poetry and talk about fucking. Yeah. We were like texting earlier this week about the disappearance of sexual identity which and so this is when we talk about like the term gender ideology that's something that i have only used myself within like the last two weeks but wrote down a great quote that <laughs> i think puts it all together you have one yeah but go ahead well for me it's just like the whole idea of it is the idea that sex-based distinctions are immaterial don't matter anymore so it's like the replacement of sex with gender identity that would be all that gender ideology in my brain like is but it is it is becoming an ideology so i have found it useful within the last two weeks to use that as like a construction but you you have a quote that like captures it so from i was looking at the website of uh the women's declaration international usa which i had never heard of and was doing some reading about this afternoon when i should have been writing a grant um But this one, you know, a couple of sentences really stuck out to me, and it doesn't actually use the word ideology, but I think you could swap identity and ideology here and arrive Mm -hmm. at the same thing. Hmm. And I think it speaks very interestingly to what you just said about, you know, sex-based distinctions not mattering anymore. Yeah. Because in this, this posits that gender identity slash ideology makes the matter more than ever so quote the concept of gender identity makes socially constructed stereotypes which organize and maintain women's inequality into essential and innate conditions thereby undermining women's sex-based rights Mm. And I, like, to to be totally clear, like, I was never really, like, that invested in, like, before, you know, meeting you slash starting to read more about all this shit and, you know, whatnot. Like, I was never particularly invested in 
sex battering or the body or blah 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 but I this makes you think I just started noticing when it was like especially in context of how miserable girls are if yeah you forgot, that's what I was go gonna back say. and read the youth risk behavior survey from the CDC yeah that's what I was gonna say there's a reason that lesbians are the ones talking about this because like yeah because we care about girls we're the only fucking ones left well but more than that you can't talk about your sexuality if you don't have a concept of sex if your sexuality is the one that everybody like does not believe is real like lesbian sex is the sex that no one has no one knows what it is anna marie jagos literally has a book about it called inconsequence that it's inconsequential lesbian sex to society because people think that we don't do anything right but she's taking issue with it in a way it's just she she's also like unreadably academic um but the idea that a woman's body a female body is a nothing or a negativity to be used it's a tale as old it's, as time people it's tales old as old as time and like for lesbian sexuality to actually even be a thing is radical and for us to have language to talk about our own sexuality is, is essential on sex it's dependent on sex like you can't yeah. we are the ones who have to say it because everybody knows what a dick is so gay men don't have to do that defense. gay men don't have to say it that's the other thing that like really started to drive all this shit home is like do people do this to gay men the answer is no they don't they don't because and it all it really all does come down to like the fact that the female body is not regarded as a positivity a thing with positive content it is the absence of a penis which is why and the more you look at the discourse the more obvious that becomes like more obvious it is and it's like drew gregory on autostraddle the internet's largest lesbian website autostraddle like is has decided that its definition of lesbian sexuality is gender identity based only so like what they're doing is morally bankrupt well auto straddles definition of a lesbian does not include transmasculine non-binary people it includes people who i who are as you say gender stereotypically womanly um and own it so like if you're a butch who's like questioning or or in the middle or like maybe calling yourself a lesbian but you're transmasculine identified you're if your gender identity is not perfectly aligned with woman, then you're not in the club, even if you're female and if, even if you're homosexual, like a homosexual female. Um, that is the fucking definition of a lesbian. Well, I mean, a homosexual first, female. And what's so weird is like the lesbian herstory account on Instagram did a bunch mm-hmm. of polls and 80%, 90%, depending on the way you word the question, of the people on the lesbian herstory Instagram page agreed that the definition of lesbian is a same sex attracted female um so those people the majority of lesbians there's like thousands and thousands of people it's a pretty nonpartisan lesbian account in the sense that it like oh yeah you know um it is it is purely historical it's actually you know i love that account like it's, yeah, it's so, a great follow but yeah it is it is not very as far as it's about as apolitical as a lesbian account could possibly get it, it really is and it's it's like pretty for which I commend them, frankly. But it it is clear that lesbians, by and large, think of ourselves as a group defined as same-sex attracted females. Yeah. Um, but Autostraddle, the quote-unquote largest lesbian website in the world, has redefined it. And the, the reason I know that is because Autostraddle wrote the cover blurb for a book called Girl Sex 101. Their blurb said, if you only plan to read one book about sex ever, make it this one. In that book, this is a direct quote, sexual orientation is usually defined in relation to gender identity. And then they break it down and they write, 
sexual orientation equals sign, gender identity times gendered attraction. So there's no sex in there at all. There's no like mm. sex based. Huh. There's no mention of sex in, in that. So like the way that I came through understanding myself and all my trouble with like female homosexuality is like not what this book is speaking to. Um, that is a really troubling definition. Like you, you people cannot see me like head in hands, like shaking my head, like really, <laughs> truly like a Renaissance painting right now. But like <laughs> that is that is. That's dark. True. Disapproving Renaissance painting. But wait, there's yeah. more. Oh, they say God. if you trans so this means so they really, really get to it. Sex doesn't matter. I'm not but- attracted to femininity. I'm attracted to females. And of course, for those of us attracted to masculine females, where do they fall in this? That's the problem. That's not what this book says, and that's not what Autostraddle says, and that's not what Drew Gregory, who's the <laughs> tomatoes top critic for Autostraddle, says. No. Well, Being well- attracted to like you can be bisexual and be attracted to feminine guys. Yes. And not be a lesbian. That's literally that's literally what I was saying like 45 minutes ago about my sexuality. Actually, though, like I choose <laughs> lesbian as a political and like life, life. path. Right? Yeah. It is yeah, a yeah, choice. Yeah. It's a life path. We both said path I, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. There's a distinction here is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. A distinction between sex and gender. You'd think. However, they really dig their heels in. So, quote, if you transition your gender, you may also unintentionally move from straight to gay or vice versa, even though nothing about your attractions have changed because orientation is contingent. I guess, but like not in the way that they mean. I don't think they mean what they think they mean. I think that's what's confusing to me about this. They're saying you may move from straight to gay. And what they what they mean, maybe, is in the public eye. I, yeah, I think they're missing in yeah, they're missing that. They're missing the 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 structuring of how that all happens. Right. Because because your actual orientation doesn't change. You're you're into right, girls right. or you're into guys. It's that's it's my issue. How the world perceives you that that changes. When it's it's the fact that they say like because orientation is contingent, that that, that is not true. They that is not what they mean. <laughs> And that's problematic to me because it makes it sound like a lesbian can be taught not to. If your orientation was contingent, you would like still be gay when you transitioned. Thus, you would like magically start being into guys. Right. That's what. I, yeah. That's what. Or that's what they mean. That's how orientation would be contingent. You're so right. It's which the, is not language. Like what? <laughs> uh, editors note that our conversation here is excluding the phenomenon that seems to be super documented and real of people's sexuality shifting or even fundamentally changing after being on hormone treatment, which is also like, this is, it's girl sex 101. And it's like, it's basically sold marketed. It has like illustrations and stuff sold or marketed to like older high schoolers, maybe like, but it's not a very helpful book. That's not because helpful. This stuff is confusing and they don't really parse it. And then there's a whole page about how to give pleasure to a scrotum specifically in which the words male and female are in quotation marks all over the page. So like, for instance, they say beneath the scrotum, we have the perineum or taint, which may be much bigger on non-op male bodies, but they put male in quotation marks. They definitely don't want to talk about sex being a thing. Whereas like, I would define- You can't talk about sex without sex. I don't that's yeah, a problem like when they break down what sexual orientation is you have to talk about the, and which is why then thus 
sexual orientation as a concept has been like totally obliterated by gender identity as a concept which is that quote i just read was talking about there is also this like in in getting wrapped up in the 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 gender identity part right and and the the attendant sort of like weird puritanical like distance from actual sex is just sad it's a bad combination and this book truly reads like a health textbook that's trying to rewrite people's understandings of their bodies as a bunch of parts just like different parts that all bodies are not structurally differentiated by patriarchy no like we're all just different parts and here's how you can learn about them and it's not this book is not the joy of lesbian sex that's not what girls are finding in this particular bookstore but also i think a lot of lesbians know that's not what they're finding fucking anywhere these days so the the bookstore where that where my friends found this book only had one book about lesbian sex and it was this one yikes um, and it's like there's no book about lesbian sex that is actually only about female should have led with that <laughs> it's the only book about lesbian sex that has a whole page about scrotums yeah that's kind of how i was feeling like bro that what the fuck are you serious yeah that is sad but people would say it's transphobic to have a book that doesn't talk about scrotums but it's like that's not what most lesbians that's another book and that's not what most lesbians want that's not a book about lesbian sex it's same sex attracted females and most lesbians feel that way so why are it's and this is what lisa davis was saying she was like why do we have to cow to like the the 0.5 percent here editor's note I'm not here to tell anybody that they can't identify as a lesbian. Identify as a lesbian if you want. I can say that I've seen some morally questionable instances of that identification online by people who are so, so hostile to cis women that it seems surprising that they would then want to call themselves a lesbian. But I will also say that I would not exclude trans people from the category of lesbian. I think that what we're talking about here is publishing and the fact that the one book in this bookstore about lesbian sex didn't actually treat it as a specific thing in the way that people like me and Mac would have needed it to for us to be able to make sense of our sexuality at that time. Like when we were young teenage girls, the the age that this would have been promoted to us, we were still struggling with how to make excuses for ourselves that, that we were actually into pussy. <laughs> and so to have a book that's like, well, you might not be, and more importantly, a book that doesn't say anything about compulsory heterosexuality because in its model of what being a lesbian is, it can't possibly speak to it. So it's it's like not speaking to the thing that Adrian Rich pointed us to that makes female children obsessed with what they can do for male people in the world. It's not pointing to that. And it's not freeing girls from that. And here's the real truth of it that we have to get to. The joy of lesbian sex is not... It has nothing to do with penises. It's it's the joy of pussy. That's what the joy is. It's the joy of like actually leaning into this sameness that you have with these other women and then call then putting a label on it, which was lesbian. That's that fucking joy. And I don't know, that doesn't have to be everybody's joy, but that's my joy, and that joy is not fucking out there. As much as I think my students goddamn need to see it. So this book, Girl Sex 101. In addition to not signaling lesbianism in the title at all, even though it's promoted by the number one lesbian website and the only lesbian sex book in the lesbian sex section is just not what we would have needed at that time. What I needed to accept myself or what Mac needed to accept herself. 
So this is a matter of like publishing and privilege and the fact that Autostraddle has put its stamp on a definition, singular definition of lesbian identity that does not include any reference to sex. Well, and you said, didn't you say that when you Googled lesbian sex or how to have lesbian sex, can you talk, can you talk about that? And you said within the first few results, there was talk about penises. How do lesbians have sex for penis and vagina sex missionary? That's like literally the first result. That's the first result. First result. That's the first result. That's all. You see that as your first result too? That's all. Yep. Mm -hmm. From healthline.com. Hold on. What does Healthline say about how to have gay male sex? No, because it's got male in it. How to have sex gay men. Oh, it's all about dicks. What a surprise. Okay. Yeah. All (laughs) so when you when you Google when you Google how to have lesbian sex, the first result from Healthline has penises in literally the description underneath what you click. And when you Google how to have sex gay men, it's all about dicks. All of it, dicks, 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 dicks. There's no mention of trans men in any of this. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. It's just a fucking fact. What more do you want? And when you try to fucking say, hey, I would prefer to have sex with female human beings with pussies and clits and like tits and the whole shebang shebang um yeah uh it's we run out of fucking town on a rail like what the hell man yeah well and like god damn my brain i typed how to have lesbian sex first and then i was like okay what's the comparison for men and my brain went how to have gay male sex do you know how shit upon we would be you know, you can say how to have gay male sex. If we said how to have lesbian female sex, we'd be called turfs up and down. Fucking seriously. And like, guess what? I did not see a single profile on any of the lesbian dating apps in this town with a frankly shocking amount of lesbians. Any mention of any sort of like, I like that pussy, you know? Yeah, none of that. None of that. No, no specificity in that way. Mm-mm. People don't say that. No. But yeah, all of this, all this first page, all of it is penises yeah. for gay men. Hang on. I want, I need you to read this, but I need you to read this after we heal because I still, I want to, the reason I opened all of that conversation was because of auto straddle. Oh yeah. So like Drew Gregory, who's like the film critic for auto straddle, who's like mm-hmm. on all the Rotten Tomatoes top critic mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. wrote an essay that got a lot of attention. And now there's like a graveyard of deleted comments from lesbians who had problems with it. There were so many comments on this thing, ton of them got deleted. And I can only imagine that it was because lesbians were like, hey, I have a problem with this. Um, So yeah, Drew Gregory writes this essay called This is an Essay About Penises for the website Autostraddle, which touts itself as the biggest lesbian website in the world. But as I say, has like thoroughly put its, like including in supporting that book, it's like put its weight behind the idea that sexual orientation is based on gender identity and not sex right? Not like bodily sex and like homosexuality in that sense. Not both or, you know. Yeah, no. it's, it's literally of... just gender identity. Ugh. So I'm saying that to set the context because <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of thing that like becomes publishable in a space that has made it all about gender identity instead of like sexuality. In a fucking world where literally. Mm. So Drew writes... And this is like, I remember reading this article when it first came out in 2021 and thinking, 
I want to be on Drew's team here. Um, because I know that I felt like weird about my body at different times. Sure. I felt weird about my body, but I've never felt entitled to everyone wanting to fuck me. There's that. So let's, let's dig into it. Okay. Drew says the most frequent microaggressions I experience involve AFAB, assigned female at birth people talking about how they don't like dicks or how they don't like men and expressing that by referencing dicks or talking about how they do like dicks, but immediately associating those dicks with cis men. Also, let me back up. Just calling women AFAB people is like kind of insulting, frankly. I don't like it personally. Yeah. It feels dehumanizing. Yeah, that's not nice. Um, Here we go, though. Everyone may be obsessed with the genitalia of trans people, but AFAB queers are obsessed with the genitalia of cis men. No! That's what pissed me the fuck off. No! You think they are because you're self-centered. That's how it feels. Uh, Drew says, I get it. It's easier to talk about dicks than it is to talk about patriarchy. What do you think lesbians talk about? What do you think lesbians talk about? They talk about the patriarchy all the time. They really do. And lesbians do. really don't talk about dicks very much at all. Like ever. We They're just irrelevant to us is mostly. Yeah. Um, we like to talk about pussy though. Yes. We do love to talk about pussy. Drew doesn't talk about pussy in this. No. Um, it says the only way to fight transphobia in a way that's substantial, effective, and permanent is for our culture to shift its very notion of gender. That is not going to start with transphobes. That's going to start with people who consider themselves trans inclusive, but have so much internal work left to do. That's going to start with a queer woman who respects my pronouns, but is still uncomfortable at the thought of my penis. Drew is definitely talking to a specific Pers- woman. Woman, right? Yes. Yes. And then Drew says, I'm, I'm not there, asking. There was a lesbian that, that said, no, thank you. And it's been. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not asking for perfection, but I am asking for effort, not for my sex life. I wouldn't date most of you anyway. And like the hatred for women comes through here. Gross. So gross. Like call, saying AFAB people if instead you like, of AFAB if women. You, it's gross. Saying AFAB queers instead of AFAB women. Instead of women. Just. Lesbians. But it it tracks with like how much Drew hates cis women. Yeah. And and actually, I don't, I missed this on like my first three reads. But at one point, Drew says it would be more accurate to say that I have dated adjacent to the lesbian community. I don't date lesbians or rather they don't date me. Yeah, no shit. This was two years ago and now. Drew is the top critic for Autostraddle, even though lesbians don't date Drew. Is Drew a lesbian? Lesbians feel somehow beholden to Drew. Why? Because Why? in this in this paragraph, I don't date lesbians, or rather they don't date me. Drew absolutely positions herself opposite to lesbians. It's gross. It's fucked. Are you with us or are you against us? That's how I feel. And like, it just reads with such like, look, really unlearn these things and start seeing trans people as individuals. Unlearn these things, because if you don't, trans lives will continue to be debated in the Senate and I will not fuck you. Unlearn, unlearn these things like, you know, being same sex attracted females. And because and if you don't liking dick or I'm going to kill myself, like fuck me or I'll kill myself. Fuck me or like the Senate will keep, you know, 
Yeah, you're right. What is torturing us on live television? What is that about? What is the deal with mentioning trans lives in the same sentence as I will not fuck you? And by the way, like the hatred of like, I don't want to fuck most of you cis lesbians anyway. It's so transparent, dude. It is dripping with contempt. Dripping. So Drew says those things are not of equal importance, but this is the last line of the essay. Those things are not of equal importance. The Senate debating trans lives and you fucking me fucking you but i know at least some of you care about both then why did you equate them in that sentence that's a choice rhetorically that's a choice we're all about examining the discourse here Ugh. you're but you're so right i didn't even notice that i didn't notice how the trans lives thing is like aligned with like whether or not drew is fucked yes no whether whether or not drew is choosing to fuck you the lesbian i just i'm after reading this whether or not i mean and because the 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 like the the logical conclusion to getting over your like you know dick phobia or whatever is so you can fuck me right there's a lot that's wrong here there's so much it's just it's 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 deeply fucked up and just we live in a world where this kind of like deep like foundational hatred of women like is stoked just across the spectrum of like ideology and politics and everything like and that's yeah. that's fucking scary it's really scary and it's really scary it's on the list of things we should be focused about other than like navel gazing about our masculinity and like whether or not we're really men because we like to fuck with strap-ons right right and i just think somebody who hates lesbians should probably not be not be writing for a lesbian website and like the central mouthpiece of autostraddle when it comes to broader community exposure like people come to autostraddle externally either by searching it or by like seeing it on rotten tomatoes there's not a lot of other ways that people stumble onto it unless they're coming from the queer community the general community they're literally googling like lesbian magazine right right so lesbian website people who are not queer their first interaction with autostraddle as a queer website is going to be with somebody who has like very direct vitriolic opinions about lesbians someone that hates women that's what it reads like yikes um yikes. and i mean this is the same person who said that as a woman she drew feels like the man the male character in women talking and that that movie was not about women talking it was about all genders like this is the same person that's a whole other episode honestly is like reviews of books and movies yeah. that just jump the shark and I love that that fucking, like, um, who is the guy that responded to the, um, Michael Biggs, is that his name? Yeah. The, the fact that he, like, saved his PDF is, like, uh, who, what's it, whatever, what's his fuck? Jack Turbin. Jumps the shark. I yeah. was like, oh my god, yes, I'm not the I only one using this metaphor. <laughs> like, this is that's, truly what it feels like. That's how I feel about Autostraddle. Like, you officially jumped the shark. Autostraddle has jumped the shark! Yeah, and you started acting like, like, gender identity- changes people's sexual orientation what it's it's like it feels homophobic it really does it, it feels does. like you're it's saying literally homophobic it, okay my favorite part about us liking the jumping the shark metaphor is that um for instance according to 1985 when neither of us were born i thought it was happy days was that i thought it was like the 70s uh, oh yeah you're right 1977 why did they say 1985 huh. oh in response life. to a 1977 yeah 1977 we really were not alive then Thanks for Wikipedia. Many negative years old. Many negative years old. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's so here's the thing. Being a lesbian has a lot to do with the fucking body that you have. It just does. And like 
I'm starting to identify with the little grumpy fucks on the online who are like, leave lesbians alone. Leave lesbians alone. Please. And not only leave us alone personally, but just let us publish our own shit. God knows the world's barely seen it. Barely fucking seen it. Let us publish our own shit. Because one thing is fucking sure as shit. And it is that people who are male had the pen for all of history. Male people. It didn't matter how they identified. Male people had the fucking pen. We didn't have education, at least not in Western patriarchies, okay? So give us that. Let us publish. God damn. Sorry. It's 1 a.m. here right now and I let my feelings escape. Like, That's, and which know? does unfortunately bring us back, bring me back to the, the, the impetus for this episode. I feel mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's okay to have our little plot of land where we say yeah. our shit and where we get to, you know, toot the horn. And if you want to toot your own horn. The project, like people who are flocking to it are the ones who are like, oh my God, I, my sense of self is being denied like i'm not allowed to have it <laughs> that's i was literally thinking about this as i was taking my like pee beer bong rip break that like <laughs> the you know i didn't i didn't come to this like you know realization because like i fucking hate trans people like that's definitely not what happened it was you know i a i don't b like it was because I started to notice that like motherfuckers around me kept calling me they all the time or like asking me what my (laughs) pronouns were and shit. And I was like, bro, what is this? And like, just kept seeing, you know, more and more young girls. Like, you know, I wasn't teaching at the time that this happened, but like sort of osmosis through the internet, seeing Mm -hmm. more and more like who would in my day be lesbian girls being like, no, I don't, you know, I reject that. I'm, you know, something else because i don't identify with sex stereotypes i was like what the fuck what's happening yeah i was seeing girls forcibly separated from the way the word lesbian could have empowered them like actually literally you fucking saw it i just like felt it in the aftermath and sort of like observed it like at a distance like you actually watched it happen in a way that like the kids are absorbing all this and you also just see the dumbest shit like oh if you like if you and you see so many people repeating this shit like well if you like the feeling of having a strap on on maybe you're trans like people say that shit online everywhere and so i started seeing more and more dumb shit like that and i was like but that's not why people are trans frankly i think trans people are badass i think they're doing what we're doing from a different angle my understanding of transition is that it's a course of treatment that is reasonable when it applies to cases of gender dysphoria that are solved by transition and i think speaking out about those experiences is fucking brave Whatever this ideology is that has said that sex doesn't matter is harming tra- harming actual trans people and harming <laughs> us. And like, it's eating up all the people who are not actually gender dysphoric without people telling them they are. <laughs> and yeah. those people are girls. Yeah. And those now it's like- are girls. We lesbians are getting the entire conversation about defining our spaces centered around the presence or absence of a penis instead of the presence or absence of a pussy. And the presence or absence of masculinity in general, which- yeah. We are both butch women. We are both masculine as fuck. But that's that. That's the whole sort of impetus for the like, you know, potential rebrand. Yeah, too, is like <laughs> that. The whole sort of part of this. What makes this project different is the is fem- the active centering of them lesbians. Because this is a real thing. That's what it's. That's what we're about here. 
And I'm tired of like, I think I texted you. I just don't want to circle jerk with other butches about what makes us masculine. That's not truly. I could just like absorb any media if I wanted to do that. Like the whole world circle jerks about masculinity constantly. I don't need that. And like so much. And neither do you. God damn it. For real. And so much fucking butch lesbian effort is just being thrown down the hole of what kind of special masculine being am I? And it's like. Let me go back to the list of things we could be worried about that are more important, <laughs> like the wage gap, like, devastatingly bad health and economic outcomes for lesbians, intimate partner violence, resources and awareness for butches. We need that. We need that. We need we need an attention to the fact that gender nonconforming women have a serious fucking problem with the wage yeah. gap, that we are yeah. the ones that get targeted. Yeah. And like. That there's a reason why, you know, lesbians generally have much worse health and economic outcomes than, say, anyone else in the GLBT, you know, anyone yeah. else in the, the in the GBT space is because when you put two women who are at, you know, victim of wage gap theft, yeah. you know, with each other and try to, you know, start a family and shit, like, you're working with a lot less and that's bullshit. Mac, you have a recent story about that. Do you want to? I have a recent story about the wage gap. That's <laughs> why I'm so pissed. Oh, I do. I and I can tell you the follow up too. Thankfully, yeah, I want to hear about it. This dude makes my life difficult constantly. He's been in my job for almost two years. He still just like has no idea what's going on. And how long like, have you been at your job? Four, almost four years. Right. <laughs> and like. So I write grants for a living as part of what I do. And so sometimes that means I look at a lot of sensitive financial information. And and one of those things was all of the salaries of our employees, like, you know, full-time admin employees. And this is when I saw that this man, white man, who is, you know, doesn't have a master's degree, has like worked in this job half the time as me. So he gets paid $14,000 more than I do, which made me, I like saw this at like 5.15 PM, which is, I usually work until like six. And I saw this and I was like, I have to leave now. And I was just like, bye. But then I went to work the next day and I had printed out the nice little Excel spreadsheet and highlighted my name and my salary and highlighted his name and his salary. And as I was literally, I'm just like literally sitting at my desk laying in wait insert boss name here did you know that i get paid fourteen thousand dollars less than insert white male dumbass here and i handed her this piece of paper and she looked at it in dead silence for like at least 20 seconds (laughs) the face journey that she went on like was (laughs) in i mean like unconscious like mouth twitch like eyebrows like the whole like if if you were zooming in on this in a movie like it was you're winning an oscar for this shit and she was mad and she was like i feel insulted and i was like thank you i also feel insulted and then she said the fundraisers should get paid based on their performance which i think is true so so she's gonna work on it yes and she was saying that like oh i've been thinking about you know as we approach our anniversary big you know momentous anniversary that we should maybe like you know, think about our salaries as an agency. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, yeah, you know, but I'm looking at all of our sensitive financial information. I noticed that we make plenty of money and we can afford to pay everyone a lot more. And like, guess what? 
nonprofit people. If you if you want to fucking keep good employees, you have to pay them at close to market rate. Otherwise, they'll walk. Ah, this is a nut again. When we were thinking about this episode, I was like, hmm, write that down as things that butchers should be concerned about more than their gender identity <laughs> or like just things butchers should be concerned about, period. Dude, for real. And thinking about um, gender identity, speaking of thinking about it, right? Like that bookstore. Ruminating in- on it, maybe, is the verb that I really want. Ruminating. Yes. Perseverating, an even better verb. Perseverating, which sounds like severing, which is like the mental fucking turmoil that's captured. But so that same fucking bookstore with that one book, the Girl Sex 101 book, uh, tonight, this very night, right this fucking second, they're having an event called Ask a Mask, colon, a panel by slash for trans mask and gender questioning folks. This is how they described it on their Instagram, though. Are you trans mask or questioning if you might be? This panel is for you. Featuring both trans mask folks and medical professionals, our panelists will offer a range of perspectives and experiences. Matt, can you think of anybody who's not there who might be included in a range of perspectives on masculinity? Butches. Butch women. (laughs) Also, I'm sorry, like, including medical professionals is really disturbing. Okay, I agree. I was like... That's really creepy. Like, they're literally, like, this is an MLM meeting. Like, this is a fucking Tupperware party. You go and they give you the fucking essential oils pitch! (laughs) I'm sorry for breaking your fucking mic, but, like, for for busting the sound there. I do. Oh my god, I just can't even... It's, that is literally the first thing I thought when you sent me that fucking like flyer. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, ask a mask. This is ask a pitch a meeting. How can you say ask a mask, but then you don't have masks like us there? This is a pitch meeting. It sounds like a pitch meeting. It's it's arranged like a pitch meeting, and this is a feminist bookstore. Remember, one, one book about lesbian sex that has penises in it. It's just, this book is titled "Girl Sex," and it has an entire page about scrotums. No, it's not just one page, and it's it gets even more in depth in no. other, and literally in other chapters. The whole thing is about like if you're a woman, then you're someone who has sex with anybody who's a woman, like because gender identity is all it is. And it's like fuck if I. Growing up in Dallas, Texas, where it's not like nobody, as long as you're, here's the thing, (laughs) where I was raised, as long as you're having sex with the right junk, nobody cares. Like you, the other person could identify as- You can be a tomboy. You can be fucking mask as shit. You can be so butch. And as long as you're like fucking a dude, nobody gives a fuck. Yes. No, as long as you're fucking someone with a dick, like my, nobody around me would, would discriminate against somebody with whatever gender identity they wanted. As long as one person had a penis and the other person had a vagina like that, but that's, that's what homophobia is. Homophobia, when the the two people have the wrong bits. So like, as I was growing up, I would have been, and oh my God, somebody at fucking Penn said that trans men are more oppressed than butch lesbians. And I said, not a real fucking problem with that. Not where I come from. No, that's not. One of these people, one of these people has male privilege and one of them doesn't. And they're like the the world accepts when you want to be a man because it makes sense of your female masculinity. That's a fucking fact. People like yes. that. Conser- Go, like rewind that. like a, two hours or whatever at the beginning where we kind of talked about this. Yeah. yeah, it's but it's true. So people it's true. People are cool with that. They are not cool with a butch lesbian who only fucks pussy. People with pussies who want to be with other people with pussies. Like these things are real. We're and so bringing like, it back around. Yeah. 
I don't remember why I'm ranting about this, but the thing about that book is that- Oh yeah, because it's this book. This book is upsetting. It's this fucking book because as a lesbian growing up, my issue was not, I need to learn how to have sex with someone who identifies as a woman. My issue was, I need to learn how to have sex with someone who's female and I need to learn that that's okay. And that I can value pussy above penises and that I can figure out how they work and like value my own or like value my own. I said value my own there. Or to the exclusion of even, you know, like you exclusively enjoy pussy. Maybe that's maybe that's possible. But it's it's not. You're not allowed to have that in a book. Um, and that's not allowed to be the definition of lesbian, even though it really is. Like the more I look around, the more I'm like, people have been telling me that. Like how many people like responded to that fucking lesbian history shit? Like. A statistically significant sample, I'm sure. I yeah, I would say a convenient sure. sample, maybe. But if it's like plus ten thousand people, like what the fuck more do you want? Like, it says something, and it's like we, yeah. But why? And the other thing is, you just—it's proved by the fact that when you ask the question, "What does a lesbian mean?" There's no other definition that you can give. Yeah, there's nothing that works. Like, no, a lesbian would be for me, a same-sex attracted female who uses the word lesbian. Yeah, because if you're just a feminine person attracted to feminine people, that's called having a type. Yeah. Like, you can just be a girl that's into femme dudes. Like, I know plenty of them. Yeah. Like, they're into K-pop. Like, <laughs> Right. It's legit. Like, I, what? And you're allowed to have a type. Yes, but it's not the same. It's the idea that sex isn't real and it's not helping. I mean, gay men don't have to worry about it at all. Of course, it only exists to hurt lesbians. Okay, one of the things that I love about your poetry, your poetry is pretty badass on a sexual front because- Thank you. Yeah, and, and it, your your thesis, master's thesis is where I read all your stuff so far. It's just from that, but it was titled Low Action. That's all, that's all there is. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Low Action, which was about sex- explicitly and not having it and not having it and like wanting it like there's wanting it longing and the feeling of just like not quite being like because i i chose low action as a title a because my thesis advisor god rest his soul like gave me the title and it was perfect and like i (laughs) i was always bad at you know i could title poems but not books i just eh, i couldn't do it um but also like there's something about the like physicality of it like because a guitar like the action is like the height, the 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 distance between the fretboard and the strings. So like if, if a guitar has high action, it's the strings are really high off the fretboard and it's hard oh. to play. So it just like it hurts, it takes more effort, like it's just more difficult. Okay. And like low action is, you know, also not ideal because then like the string is too close to the fretboard. There's lots of buzzing and just doesn't really there's no like clear tone um so that's yeah. really cool i did not know that at all i did not know that that's what that was called or i had squirreled away that knowledge also there's a there's a kinks album called low budget that like i was really rocking out to at this time <laughs> like so yeah there's also that but also a, a great album about you know sex and desire and yeah there's so much yeah. going on here i so where were you at you said you had been in your butch femme relationship for seven years through your master's or so we were like together together for four years when i was in college i did the thing that 
so many people warned me against and that I will now warn you, listener, against if you're an undergraduate considering going directly from undergraduate to graduate school. Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Everybody told me not to do it, and I did it anyway, and I regretted it. Yeah, having a, you know, tempestuous relationship with this fucking girl, which, like, continued at a distance in graduate school, even though we weren't, like, together. We just were, like, spending, you know, six hours on, what was the voice chat before Zoom? Skype? Like, spending six Um, hours on Skype or, like, on phone calls and, like, me being upset that she was fucking other girls. Yeah, you gotta gotta keep that toxicity simmering, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta keep that shit on tap because also she, that was her modus operandi she wanted somebody on the back burner at all times Mm -hmm. and i was the chick on the back burner and and it wasn't until i like ended graduate school and got back home that i was finally like okay (laughs) there's there's like a there's a phrase or there's like a a maxim i guess in like domestic and sexual violence like i won't say studies but like services i suppose that like it it takes it can take seven times to like yeah even abusive relationship which like I think for me it took exactly seven, creepily. Oh, that's creepy. Um, this it's you. It's more metaphorical. It's the biblical seven times. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Mine's um, the girl seven. Yeah, that's weird. Um, seven. so yeah, this was you know it took seven times and then some probably, but yeah, yeah. And so I was I was doing all of that in this, and also to call back to another like brief, uh, hey me too moment that we had in in a past <laughs> conversation of like. I like was chronically like really into my teachers. Oh forever, yeah, like forever, like as long as I can remember. And like, of course, was like madly in love with my um, thesis advisor, who of course, like, he was not one of those guys that was really into Bush girls. Oh um, yeah, uh, but also like, I had I, re- I had I had grown up enough to this point that I realized that like that sort of erotic energy is like best used to create art and not necessarily to bring into reality right right so i sort of was like harnessing it at that point i was old enough to sort of realize what i was doing to myself um i totally know what you mean i i was too young i i knew nothing and i it took me a long time to realize that that is where that should have gone that like it's creative energy i literally had there's literally a book called erotic mentoring like yeah Yeah, it's a real thing it's thing there's not, there's not a way. And for people who aren't like understanding what the fuck we're talking about right now, and it sounds really weird. It, I just think it's like when you're dealing, especially when you're dealing in words and emotions, there's going to be ways that like wires get twisted. Yeah. It's like having a, it's like your psychotherapist. You end up talking about shit. That's like so intimate on accident, especially with poetry, but like yeah, also, yeah. especially with any sort of like discourse analysis, because what do you want to analyze with shit? That's yeah. like deeply important to you. Right. It gets really personal. Yeah. Um, so, 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 you, but you talk, you write about a cock. Who's cock in vitamin D? Do you remember the one that starts, oh, tender fractal of metaphors? I can read it. Can I read it? Oh, sure. Okay. Then also, I just I wanted to say one of the things I like about your poetry uh, a lot is that you use a lot of plant metaphors, but sp- specifically kudzu you seem to value. Mm, yeah. And southern, southern women, man. Oh, yeah. Love us some fucking kudzu. Okay, so titles. You are very good at poem titles. Vitamin D. O tender fractal of metaphors. Working on toxicity and urges to take your cock in me like kudzu. Invasive narrative structure. I spent 20 minutes Googling hardwood varieties, desperate to match the color of your eyes to build a simile. White oak, rosewood, walnut, cherry. 
If only leaving the house was easier than lighting my plants on the porch. Were you thinking about a specific cock? Was it your advisors? Yo, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Did he know this? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And you know what the funniest thing is? Is like literally my last year, my third year, um, there were a couple of uh, girls in my cohort who actually have gone on to like publish books and be like far more well-known than me who just like disappeared into obscurity <laughs> like to go work in nonprofits. Um, which, which was fine. I never was that motivated by publishing anyway. Um, good work. Yeah. And also I, I help people for a living and I'm, that's, right, I, right. I'm, I'm happy, but they had been working with their advisor on like specifically, you know, erotic prose and like porn and shit like that. And like got to the point that like so many people were interested in the like independent study of like erotica that it became a whole class and we just had an erotica <laughs> class like an erotica workshop it was only we only had one submission which Aww. was at the end and like we could choose to like share it with everyone or not and like i did not share mine with everyone but mine was like a a bunch of sonnets about like wanting to fuck my advisor <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, yeah. okay. So and you're saying like, it was vague enough. Like I think the professor I had like did not know, but also no, my advisor was not like aware enough to like if he suspected. I don't. I really don't think he suspected. I'm like, you know, not I think too woo. I'm like capital E and like empathic enough to like tell that kind of shit. Like, right, right. He had no idea. I think my crush slash person I was deeply in love with totally knew. That's weren't they um a woman yeah that's why i men know i know that's things. why men don't notice things your thesis though so wait so this dude died yeah i i'm sorry i just heard you say that the second time and i was like wait, what uh it was actually pretty recent and it like almost like it it very feasibly could have been suicide or overdose which is like really sad Fuck. and yeah no 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 there's never been an obituary which like really that is a thing that like kind of tears me up that like i just i feel like there needs i want there to be an obituary and there's not and that just like i need i need that closure um try to write but, one Gather yeah it. i know and like yeah i read a lot of obituaries and mm. I have mine actually right now. I have my grandmother's obituary bookmarked right in front of me. So, I think they're really important, and they're I so think, important. Well, so but your feelings about him and men in general are such. I was mad about it. Mad about his death? No, I was mad about the feelings. That's. I feel like that's like I was sort of resentful of them. Yeah, I so I was that's like ask mm. you, like at that point you were like, well, I'm a lesbian, but why have I? Yeah, yeah um this so i'm gonna read another one and then i want to talk about sexuality and politics because you are a test case i think i, I shall place you in my petri dish um <laughs> so this is another <laughs> this is probably my favorite title in the whole thing i lost two eyelashes and used both to wish i could get laid is the title that is also one of my favorites <laughs> yeah and it's a four-line poem i saw so many queer girls at the book fair yesterday my sour lonely heart refluxed to early morning acid boys in punk affects slouched by but even four bloody marys won't let me tuck myself into somebody's pocket 
were you feeling desire toward the queer girls and the boys in punk affects? Or were the boys in punk affects competition? No, I think it was, I think it was both. I think, I think, I think it was, those are my like two types, you know? (laughs) And like, I think the boys in punk affects is speaking of my advisor. I think that was my like little like wink and nod. Uh huh. He was he was my boy in the punk affect, and I saw plenty of them at that book fair. Um, Real life book fair. So were you walking around like taking notes, like what the I hell? Was tabling. Was we had a we had a small press, which a lot of um, creative writing programs do. Yeah. Basically, all of them do. Um, that's why I know more than I should about like publishing because he actually did do a great. This is my advisor also taught this class. He did a great job, sort of giving us the one on one of you know how small press publishing books, how small press publishing works and just how fucking uh incestuous it all is <laughs> then how it's yeah, just they, like yeah. dudes with their parents people with their parents money being like i want to publish books and then yeah 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 anyway but some of them are good and then you have something about but some of them are great some yeah. of them aren't i liked when you switched over to capital letters and i liked that one of your poems the one about the butch how many times do you mention Butch? Actually, I didn't control F. I don't, control F is like not working on here. Oh wait, here we go. Um, so I mentioned it in my intro. You said very little of my thesis remained consistent over three years, except for a persistent anxiety. Not an anxiety of influence. That's for straight dudes. I had to sort gender dysphoria from sexist self-loathing and practice facing the hetero canon. I love it. I said the damn thing, like, right, this was, this was 2016, so, like, the world was, like, currently jumping the shark. The shark was being jumped at this moment. Like, I quit Tumblr in, like, 2014, which was right before Tumblr jumped the shark, which Tumblr always, you know, jumps early, but, like, (laughs) yeah. And you could see it. It was, it was trickling. 2016 is when I was getting hit hard. Um, But, so, you, you are, like, holding on to Halberstam, like, the raft that it used to be. This is Jack Halberstam's, at the time, Judith Halberstam's 1998 book, Female Masculinity. Page 79 of Female Masculinity, you quote, and this is Halberstam saying, a shared narrative among masculine women of early childhood boy identification, adolescent dysphoria, and adult adaptation with some successful relationship. So like a relationship changing things? I mean, just some successful relationship, like the possibility of successful relationship, which I was sort of doubting at the time. And, you know, that's part of the, like, you know, and I will call it anxiety of influence now. Like, part of the anxiety of influence that's all over this is, like, the the dual, like, being anxious about, like, what it means to identify with male figures and male characters and also, you know, the the anxiety of, like, being a lesbian and identifying myself as a lesbian wanting to settle down with a woman mm-hmm. and yet also like being unrepentantly attracted to my fucking like male idols uh, up to and including my advisor you know yeah. that that's like the central sort of struggle of of the whole piece and the whole the whole thing right so. you say here i was convinced no one would ever hear me over the real bro poets no um Ugh. I read the uh, one of the first books I read in grad school was the Maximus Poems by yeah. Charles Olson. 
I I have fan. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Oh my god, don't read it. I have fantasies of going out and back and burning that book because I fucking hated that shit. <laughs> it's literally like I wish I don't have it up here, but like it is, and I'm holding my hands to be like I don't know what is this like eight inches. It was the fight. The book is huge. It's it's comically large and just like but like sparse like lines on the page. Just like so much white space just for no reason. Like it's just ugh. That's obnoxious. And like, I think we studied, that was the only book we read that whole semester of that workshop. I just wanted to die. Yeah, that's torture. Yeah, it was torture. Um, It was, it was torture. And it did, it was a foundational experience. So, but why did you, you felt like Charles Olson was gonna, like, deserve, like, was going to hold more influence than you ever would? Or did Charles Olson convince you that poetry was like, fucked? No, it was, it. it was the like, well, dudes can do this, this being the, like, loose, anecdotal, you know, right. not super over-explanatory. Masturbatory. Masturbatory. Or just, like, not super, like, not even masturbatory, but, like, it wasn't, like, the female voice being, like, she had to, like, qualify everything or being, like, right. I have to, like, really, you know, anxiously prove myself as, like, a poet and a woman mm-hmm. like especially in what that's you know the other major thing i was struggling with at the time which was like loose anecdotal roland Barthes style like mm-hmm. lover's discourse where it's just like little quotes like the um maggie nelson's bluets did mm-hmm. so well part of why i was so like in love with that book is because like she did those little like snippets like so beautifully and that i saw that and i still see that as like you know very much a masculine poetics still it is because as you will see in lesbian spaces everywhere lesbians have to spend words and words and words explaining ourselves and And women do in general like you have to spend so much fucking like brain power just like justifying your fucking existence instead of just saying the damn thing and like i just wanted to say the goddamn thing and Mm -hmm. move on and which is why i have a bunch of poems in this book that are like four lines long but like or, or less um because right, it right. was an aggressive sort of like you know taking of this is a masculine poetics and i'm a butch and these are my fucking poetics like i fucking love that also definitely asking the question of whether that's masculine in the sense of like natural to butchness in some way or if it's just like a form of communicative privilege that we've just granted to males so you so mac in the in this introduction part like mac takes the the halberstamian female masculinity that was it honestly reading what you quote from Halberstam reminds me to question what the fuck Halberstam thinks he's doing right now I mean so this is this is another like sort of bit of my like (laughs) tiny backstory it don't take too long but like I'm you know speaking of Roland Barthes like I am sort of a like death of the author kind of person where like I really like a true structuralist I just look at the text like when I'm looking at the text I don't give a flying fuck what like who the writer was like what i mean who they are now really that's what it is i care about who the writer was in the moment that they wrote it i don't care about who they are now like that doesn't matter to me anymore. like it's the historicity of like in the moment of the text that's what i'm focused on but like the like what they've gone on to do and say and like blah 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 or like things that are revealed about them that are bad like you know reasons i will get canceled i'm just like i don't care like yeah i don't care that fucking like you know 
Mick Jagger is a creeper. Like the Rolling Stones were great. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> it's, it's like so people can just make art and it's okay to enjoy the art. Right. The, I only care about not the human being, not the author, but the influence and the discourse that I care about the text. Yeah, exactly. So we don't exactly care what Halberstam is like as a human being. We do care what the fuck Halberstam is doing in the world. I care about the book, female masculinity. Yeah. Um, so female masculinity armed you, this is what you say, with your own precedent and archetype. I think that's huge. Proved that, and this is a quote from Halberstam, fantasy of maleness is not simply confusion or castration as the mainstream accounts would have us believe, but the recreation of maleness in the image of the butch, it makes you wonder why you would take on male pronouns. (laughs) Doesn't it? Because that looks like the recreation of the butch in the image of maleness a bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But whatever. Um, anyways, the three modes that define kinging. So you're talking about drag kinging, which Halberstam mm-hmm. looks into. Understating things, hyperbole and layering form your precedent for your poetry. And I do love that because I see what you're talking about with like making masculine statements. The way and that's like, that is what the Roland Barthes, like that's the whole Maggie Nelson, like that's how that whole like, you know, anecdotal theory, yes. little um, assemblages. That's why I was so kind of pissed off about fucking um stealing assemblages i was just like fuck you oh yeah they used to do my shit it works for art and it works for poetics but it sure as shit don't work for social analysis no assemblage no listen to a previous episode the big catharsis to hear anger about that or you can go to stonebushdisco.com and read my writing um about i recommend it specifically Thank you. Um, Academic writing, but like good and readable how academic writing should be. Thank you. And like rooted in like personal experience. It's it's the paper that's like, what feminist theories are we replacing now? And I haven't come up with a good title for it, but it's it's about replacing feminist theories and I'm pissed. So you can read about that if you want. Um, Let me read the one that is so like doing what you just said you did. The title is Maleness in the Image of the Butch. And it's all in capital letters, which I think is great because it does the whole like kinging thing a little bit aggressive i'll reshuffle his personality dress up his mannerisms a little and present you the public with a star you did it i think poetically this is exactly what halberstam wanted us to do yes truly maleness redone in the image of the butch what page is that on that's a good question. I took a picture of the screen and I can't search it either. I just realized that I can't, that control F is not working for me in the poems either. Oh man. So, okay. This is actually one of my favorite poems because like, so the kinks did this insane and, and notably Ray Davies, the like central, like artistic figure and like total, like raging bisexual, like <laughs> incredible human being. The kinks did this like really insane, like Ray Davies got super obsessed with writing like rock operas and shit so there's this like album that got produced on the bbc and there's this whole 45 minute long opera functionally of starring ray davies and this (laughs) and this lady that is the whole album played out and it's the whole album is just like ray davies like you know anxiety about being a rock star and like fear of slipping back into just suburban heteronormativity and i this the lot this poem like the actual line i'm pretty sure like is is it's a slight reshuffle of a line from that album actually (laughs) like and and one of the things that they say about like turning ray davies the like 
normal suburban dude into a rock star. I just, I was so obsessed with that fucking album slash, you know, thing at the time, that that, that musical situation that... And becoming just, a rock star. And becoming a rock star as as becoming my, like, you know, full butch identity in the sense that, like, it would give me just, like, incredible, like, confidence and, like, make make yeah. everything feel sort of, like, correct. I think there was also the anxiety of, like, but if I totally sell out and put on this masculine persona, like, you know, how, how far do I want to go in accepting male privilege? do I want to go all the way or not? Like I had, I had like, yeah. I had already like fully desisted by this point, but like. And desisted is a growing in popularity term for when you have socially transitioned. So you're like using a male name or living as a different gender socially, but you haven't medically transitioned, but then you stop living as that other gender. So you're not a detransitioner, you're a desister. I, I had, and had desisted in high school. Like you can go back to other episodes to read to yeah. listen to more about that but like it, I was still you know I had started theorizing it even at this at this point even you know this, yeah. this many this many years ago still seven years ago <laughs> which is kind of crazy to think about and like you know this is the I haven't you know I don't look at these poems very often so it's fun to like come back and look at them this yeah. many years later and realize what I was thinking at the time I was like wow <laughs> holy shit you're clearly, yeah, like figuring out what male privilege even means um, to a female sexed human, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, and just like the the stress between like the idolization of that, of, of male figures and like masculinity, yeah. but knowing that like that comes with the like the patriarchy, knowing that comes with like violence and domination and like you know shit I don't want like well it's like really wrapped up in well tell, tell me if you see it the way I was reading it your your sense of the types of privilege that you would want have to do with desirability by other yeah people. totally totally um, so but were you having any issues at this time with feeling desirable by women for being a woman or had you kind of settled that I mean uh I was having trouble feeling desirable at all at this point, partially because, like, you know, all of the emotional abuse, like, yeah. I'm the only one that will love, ever love you kind of jam. It's, you know, right. um, and just having, like, just really dismally bad sex for a long time. Um, and also just I had really intense ADHD, anxiety, and depression that were not diagnosed and not medicated. And mm -hmm. living alone for the first time was not fun. And... I did not have the like verve or confidence that made me feel like I could just like go out and get laid. Like, yeah, there's and, actually what I'm looking at right yeah. now. Not oh. as myself, at least not as myself. Mm. But there is. OK, this is interesting. Not with girls. Yeah. There's this play between like difference and sameness between you and girls. Like there's this yeah. poem on page 34 that's like all the hot girls ride the hop. That's what it's titled. Mm -hmm. And you say, and the last time I rode that bus, I thought how finally stuffed with that confidence people tell me. I need to get laid. It's good. I don't know what kind of girl you like. I'd try to be her and fuck her. <laughs> there's so I that's that one was, stood out to me because there's like a sameness of gender happening, mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. like it it's it almost like punctuates the rest of it, which is like 
trying to figure out your relation to masculinity as like a difference kind of yeah um in my relation to just like men period like where do i where do i stand with men in my life like right but you try to be her and fuck her there it's there's more explicit desire it's the like being and wanting it's the like do i want to like be with you or do i want to be you you know and there's like like the poem that's titled "The Straight Couple Upstairs Run Their Dishwasher When They Fuck." I this, fucking hate those like, people. God, that was horrible. Anyway, so so but there's there's more explicit desire in your thesis in my reading of it, not desire, but like the tension between your desire and like where you want to be, like the striving in it is about your relation to men mm-hmm. and to straightness. I think mm-hmm. so what do you think that means? Cause they're, cause you're very queer throughout the whole thing. Like you're, you're totally. like, you have a poem titled, I want this poem to be aggressively queer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your relation to girls at this point? Like in your mind, was it there or was something else like, cause to me, it feels like the, the like gender bullshit that society places upon us was what you were focusing on at this moment in your life. Actually, this is going to like perfectly wrap us back around to what we were talking about earlier. I think they were missing from my life um. at this point, truly, because like I was so wrapped up on this like abusive, like long distance bullshit and like did had no confidence to like go out and actually like meet girls like in real life at this point. And so I just like, you know. This, yeah, I, this... I, I, I didn't have that femme context i didn't have the femme for my butch so i just was sort of like struggling in this sort of void of like just being butch with no other half and just sort of trying to figure out where i was in relation to the other natural sort of pull from butch which is like actual like biological men like Like male masculinity male masculinity so yeah instead of so this is this is maybe the you know what makes, you know, Butch the, like, rich historical identity and awesomeness yeah. and, and, and beautiful, you know, rejection of patriarchy different from just, like, f- female masculinity in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without femininity in the picture, it becomes, it becomes images. It becomes maleness in the image of the Butch or in what Halberstam's doing right now, Butchness back again in the image of the male. It becomes the, like two mirrors facing each other between yeah but mask and man and there's just no way out like yeah it just it's not good it just leads to anxiety and you know not feeling good enough and you know and again like the the real irony here is that like i was probably like i i was looking great at this time in my life and like could have been going out and getting some in retrospect now as a you know post 25 brain healed you know so i mean looking looking back yeah that was my like i was more anxious because i didn't have like a femme to bounce off of to be preoccupied with and to be not preoccupied but occupied with um Mm. i just i was i was preoccupied with where i fit where my masculinity fit like against like just men and uh, dude this it was totally not good it was not good for my self-esteem yes this totally comes full circle i could have just been out there going to bars getting laid instead i was at home 
writing poems, which whatever, but you, you took what the butch lesbian Reddit is like pouring its effort into and you made it poetry so that we could all get past it. So seven years ago, (laughs) seven years ago. And you, if we put this out into the world, maybe people would read it and understand like, this is torture, self-torture that doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be like this. It just doesn't. doesn't. Maybe I need to write like a postlude because like that's the thing is like I had like 15 people in my fucking cohort and like nobody remembers these poems and like the people that do wouldn't rat me out. So if you are, (laughs) if you do, if you know me and you're listening to this, don't rat my ass out. I will come for you. Um, We'll fight you. Yeah. Um, But so what? It's a limited number. I can count on like one hand who it could be. But yeah. Read this. Do I have permission to? Oh yeah. No, I think it should go on the website for that very reason because like I am like functionally anonymous here and yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it is, it does, it speaks to so much of what people wrestle with now. People, I yes. be like masculine women are wrestling with and uh, with, with, a, with an artful postlude, I think could be really perfect yeah. for the website. So, okay. Okay. Guys and gals and gals um, yeah. on, on stonebushdisco.com, you will find this max thesis um, and I just feel like we're getting to something here that I didn't realize was going to be like such a core part of the episode, but I really personally feel that when we turn everything having to do with your sex body into gender identity, it encourages people to like sit and think, 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 think about what masculinity means to them and think, 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 think about what femininity means to them. And it's, it's torture. And also it like erases the relationships to others that like we desperately need. I think. Yes. And I think what your poetry does so effectively is show us the, how desperately we need relationships. Because I desperately needed a relationship at the time. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. And you captured it. And it's yeah. like, these are, things, these are like human cravings. Mm-hmm. And they don't work in the same way for everybody. But like, I do think we've got a whole world where people aren't even really thinking about what they, what could really help them yeah. in the way that you do here. Um, like the thing that can help you is it really is it's getting laid it's getting out (laughs) and it's true it's It's just just getting laid it's just getting laid like knowing people like you don't have to get laid all the time like i'm aggressively single right now and plan on staying that way for until uranus leaves taurus in 2026 but like it, it it's good to to connect with other human beings and get to know yourself and see what's possible yeah and maybe getting laid is metaphorical too because yes, yes because you just need to connect you just need to connect only connect oh god what's that book howard's oh howard's end no i was fucking right yeah it's a quote from howard's end only connect that was the whole over sermon only connect the prose mm. and the passion when both will be exalted and human love will be seen at its height live in fragments no longer nice no more fragments no more pieces no more parts your body is whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want it. And people want it. But also do whatever you want with it. Change it. Remove things. If you don't want people to want it, like, I don't, you know, it's all, it's all good. But um, possibility is out there. It is. And lesbians. Okay, so you have a thing. I have to go because uh, Cardi. Yes, let me, let's, let's close on. I'll read, I'll read the Butch Bulletin and then that'll the be Butch it. Bulletin. This is the perfect thing for the closing. Heads up, Max prose piece here contains fairly graphic, actually quite graphic descriptions of strap-on sex 
we've both been thinking that even though probably way fewer people want to hear about this than are going to hear about it, um, <laughs> we think it's important to deal with what's actually happening in lesbian relationships that calls up um, important like new figurations of desire and shit. That sounded like the back of a Duke University Press book, and I want to apologize. Here's Mac talking about discovering the greatest secret known to the history of silicone. Despite having sex with women for a decade plus now, I didn't discover the joys of fucking with a strap until like a year ago. My first girlfriend was the no toys type. The second, I was her first woman, so I was the one doing all the teaching. Granted, the encounter that catalyzed the best sex of my life quickly devolved into terrifyingly toxic, but in those few months, I learned a whole lot. How to come inside another woman over and over again. How much I enjoy pain. How fucking hot it is to actually play with gender and call a girl daddy in bed. I still feel a little cheated, though. I've been fucking girls without orgasming myself for so long. My last serious girlfriend, I would finger her until she tapped out. I'd hold her, breathing deep, trying not to focus on how bad I wanted to come. Sometimes I'd jerk off in the bathroom later after she'd fallen asleep. Not that I don't love using my hands and mouth. I mean, I relish the opportunity to devote my whole attention to her pleasure, to get to know how she feels, how she tastes, how to make her scream. But there's nothing quite like holding a woman while still inside her, sweating and panting and shaking for my third or fourth orgasm, confident that she's enjoying it as much as I am. Um, amen. That's religious and the truth of my soul. So we're calling these butch bulletins. Yeah. You say jerk off too. I say that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the, for <laughs> it's the motion. It's the word. It it's the, it's the same motion. It, it is, and it's. But I don't Jill off is creepy. I don't know. I don't like that. Just, Do what? A Jill off is weird. Like I've never heard of that. Oh, I've heard people say that, and it's weird. That's horrendous. Like it. That's yeah, horrendous. It's horrible. Um, no, I. That's that's unnecessary. <laughs> I know. Isn't that cursed? I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jerking off is hot, and it's also the motion. I don't think it's necessarily the motion for every woman, but like women can definitely jerk off. Also, it's a metaphor. <laughs> Is it a metaphor? No. <laughs> There's going to be a joke now. Also, it's a metaphor. There are words that I like don't think are hot. Oh my God. I was going to ask you the word toy, like sex toy. Uh -huh. I don't even, I don't like that either. I, I don't think it's a toy at all. I feel like that's, hmm. that's an, I personally feel as though that's the heteropatriarchy telling us that all other sex other than with penises is just that's a joke. Oh, I like that. Right. I mean, but do you, when you think, I about think there's like a different, there's like the, the umbrella, it's like a square rectangle. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's it like, is, it is. there's the wider category of sex toy, but like within which is our strap ons or straps. Yeah. Like... So you could say like toys. Oh yeah. So when, when she said it, um, or when you said she said it like that, I didn't, that didn't strike me as like dishonest. That's, that's probably her actual attitude. Cause yeah, oh, yeah. it's like an umbrella category. But when I actually think about people saying like, like calling my cock a toy, I'm like, mm -mm, it's not, it's not accurate. <laughs> True. 
right? True. So I'm I'm gonna militantly, I think, try to. Just... I like I like your I like your your approach here. I'm I'm pro this. Thank you. I'm yeah. gonna try, and that's only because I've seen it on on like social media a couple times, and I've been like, okay, but calling it a toy in this instance is very ridiculous. Like you're talking about like really explicit hot strap on sex, and you're making it sound like stupid. Mood. I've seen it. I've seen also, it. Also, strap just like itself is like way hotter. Honestly, strap is so much hotter. Like yeah. she wants the strap. She doesn't she want does. a toy. Nobody wants a toy. That sounds dumb. No. Speaking of which, I have to get to my wife, who may or may not want the strap. Mm. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> uh, what I do know, she wants is tofu. Mood. Um, back again, like flu season. I broke records while loose leafing. I'm coming now, my roof leaving. Don't give a fuck. I don't care. Uh, did the for my lonesome. No wonder now I'm on one. No shortcuts on that long run. All I really want is my share. Uh, get on my god, on my totem is nuts.